Hello and welcome back to Cinema Bros. I'm Nicholas. This is G. And uh, welcome back for episode four, everybody. Glad you could join us. And uh, we're going to be diving uh, straight in. What's going on with you today, G? Doing good? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, it was a little rainy here. It is, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing good as well, though. Rainy or not. Rainy or not. Because you know why? We're recording a new episode of Cinema Bros. Darn tootin'. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, I guess maybe we should tell them... So, our movie is 1917. Yes. For this episode. L- let's go ahead and mention that. Yes, 1917. Yep. The year it released was 2019, and it is directed by Sam Mendes, who has done the likes of a few James Bond films. Yeah, actually. And saw that. this movie. Yep. It's pretty much the highest ones he's done. Because um, I actually, I mean, in all honesty, hadn't really heard of him but once i saw that he did uh i know he did specter mm-hmm. uh amongst maybe a few other of the newer james bond I think it was movies. one or two okay. of the daniel craig james bond yes. i should say sorry yeah um but there's a little more significance to this movie outside of the cinema world there is yeah so this movie was the first movie that nicholas and i actually saw in the theaters together um in general, but also the first movie we ever saw as brothers. That is true. Yes. So, uh, some of our listeners may not know, but Nicholas is my brother-in-law. That is uh, true. Which is, it's, it's kind of coincidental since the podcast is called Cinema Bros. I mean, right. who would have thought? Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, this was the first movie we kind of just saw, and it was just me and you. Yep. And I... I went out absolutely loving it. Well, I think that it helped, too, that we watched this war movie in the theater. So you have, like, the surround sound. So when there's explosions and gunfire and, you it know... It sounds like it's happening to your right or to your left. Peripheral auditory, right. yeah. It, I mean, it, and, and then just the whole way that this movie's filmed, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about because it's... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. One of a kind in the sense of how this movie is filmed. But, oh, absolutely. I mean, just take all of those little details and just, I mean, you, when you're in the theater, you're just immersed in it. It was an incredible experience. Well said. Yeah, I I agree. Watching a war movie, and not a lot of war movies, like, I don't feel like they don't get as made as much as they used to. So being able to see one and one this good was an honor and a pleasure, I say. Honor and a pleasure. I would say, yeah. So that was our personal nugget to get out of the way about you know, us and this movie, really. The yeah. connection it has to us, I the, guess. The connection. Right, that's, yeah. yes. Right, exactly. So, you want to get us kicked off, or are you good to get started? Yeah, we can get started. I mean, and I just, I, I honestly, I don't know where to start. I don't know if I want to start with the intro. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to start with how this is filmed. I yep. don't know if I want to start with how it made me feel. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just... Yeah, the movie is just shy of two hours long, but I mean, I felt like this movie was over in 20 minutes Um, and not in a bad way either. I just think that the way this movie is shot, whereas it's um, essentially made to look like one giant one take. Um, Ooh, I love me some one shots. Ooh, baby. Yeah, and all of our listeners know that Nicholas loves him a good one <laughs> yeah, shot. Yeah, if you listen to the Goodfellas episode, it's basically me going, there's a one shot here. <laughs> I do love him, and this entire movie is one, which... I can't give enough praise to. 
and I'm going to probably say it a million times how much I love it, but I'm just going to say it now. I cannot give enough praise to how this movie is shot. Continue. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way that it's filmed with this is, one, it's supposed to make you feel like you're there, right? <clears throat> I found, you're, you're going at- along on the journey with them. You're absolutely right, and I actually found myself writing in my notes, like, we move on with them. And I keep, I kept saying, ah. we, and then I caught myself and I said, why am I saying we? And I was like, oh, it's because I feel like I'm, like, walking right beside them. Which isn't a good thing in a war movie, because you don't want to be walking beside them. But, nope. You are whether you like it or not, but I like it in this ca- in this sense, because it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, and you know, as we... As we start getting into the movie itself and we start talking about things that are happening, um, the changes in scenery and environment, you know, it doesn't just cut from one to the other. You know, you're actually going through those transitions. And I feel like just because of that, it sets this pace for yeah. the movie almost. And there's there's no time jumps. Like in movies, when it cuts, there's a time, there could be like, okay, this is the next day. What a great point. This is one day and some change at the end of the movie it's the beginning of a new day but it is pretty much one singular day and you know there's no cuts and then oh it's next week like some movies do yeah like for instance goodfellas like i just mentioned right skips and you just kind of go with it shawshank redemption we talked a lot about how they did a very good excuse me how they did a very good (laughs) job of uh progressing through time um, right. And using dialogue and other other ways to do that. And in this movie, uh, like you said, I, I believe it takes place within 24 hours. Yeah, I believe it's some day and some change, which is crazy that these two gentlemen went through that in a day and some change. But yeah, yeah, that was uh, which World War One is what is the war we take place in. Takes obviously. place in uh, 1917. Yeah, <laughs> Just thought yes. I should mention that for yes, any of our. Listeners who didn't make that connection. No, it took place in 1917. I believe it was April 3rd, 1917. I believe it's the date that they... I do know it was April. Uh, Splash onto the... It it does tell you on the screen. um, I believe it's April 3rd, 1917. You know, and it's World War I, which... Early spring. Yeah. And I I guess we should just say... And they're in France, right? The intro. Mm -hmm. I think so. Because... There's some French towns and a French-speaking lady. Yeah. I I would gather, yeah. Won't say? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll just start off with the intros. That right. We basically just start off in a field yeah. with our two main characters sleeping. I mean, that's basically where we start off. Yep. The camera goes from black for once, and that's the only time you're ever going to see it Like do some sort of cut. <laughs> This is going to be really hard because I almost want to, like, just describe the entire movie because it is, yeah. like, one big scene, yep. you know? Like, and I just actually... paint one huge picture for <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to do that, right? But please, proceed. I did it. Um, and, you know, the someone comes and wakes him up and says, the general's here and they need to see you. And, he, and the one shot begins. Like, immediately, in case you didn't know when you first watched this movie, which sitting in the theater, I didn't know the whole movie was a one shot. The camera like gets up with them. It's like they were on the ground, and then you get up with mm-hmm. them, and then mm-hmm. boom, you start walking with them. And immediately in my head, it's like, oh my god, one shot, one shot, one shot, you know. And I'm like, well, how long is it gonna last? And you keep saying how long is it gonna last the entire movie because spoiler, alert, it doesn't end. It's a one shot until the credits roll. It ends at one point. Actually, you're right. It does. It does, and we'll get to Unfortunately, that later. It does. 
Um, but it picks right back up. It does. With a one and, shot. And it was an, I think that it was an intentional break in the one shot. It was, for sure. Um, <clears throat> and it's long enough, too, you know, that you're like, oh, okay, it's over. Right. And it starts back up. Right. But we'll get to that. Um, we basically are walking with our two main characters, Blake and Schofield. Yep. Through the uh, campground where you can kind of see just tents, men in the back just eating and sleeping, their soldiers, and they're just walking, and the camera's walking with them. Mm-hmm. And you just, and they're being led by this um, commanding officer, I would say. Yeah. I don't quite know his rank, but, and we're kind of walking past just everything is going on. There's so much to see in this movie that I found myself, oh, wait, where are our characters? Oh, they're right there. Right. Because you're looking at, this guy over here who's when, doing whatever he's doing, and this guy over here who's eating, and half the time in the movie, you're like, there's so much to look at because it is just a one-shot. It doesn't really feel like background characters to a point. You know, it almost feels like everybody is, like, the main character. And there were several points in this where there's are surrounded by a ton of guys, and I was just thinking about, like, yeah, these guys are all extras, but for whatever reason, like, I, I just... And, and not even that, you know, many of them even had speaking parts or anything, but I just felt like the attention to detail in this movie was just so amazing. Uh, and I felt, you know, because I, 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 I don't want to say that it was their acting, right? Because there was just so much more to it than, yep. than that. But, like, what you were talking about, how they're, they're walking through the field, I just love it. Because at first it's this field, and then we get the two guys sleeping, yep. and then they start... and. As as they're following this commanding officer to go see the general, they gra- like gradually more stuff. You know, yep. there's there's more. At first, it's just a couple other guys sleeping. Then you got like you said, a couple guys eating. Then you got like, it, and then it gets to like these full like tented areas where they're like making food, and it's like yeah. a whole kitchen. And it, then you kind of just going down and down until you get in like the trenches. And then you're in the trenches, yeah, yeah. And it's like this whole different environment, and you're just like, wait a second, you know? Well, go back. <laughs> yeah, like we're, okay, how do we get here? You know? Right. And I also just saw on our little Cinema Bros computer over here, okay, that it was it's April sixth, nineteen seventeen. Oh, very fancy. So sorry, I our state of the art podcast software. <laughs> <laughs> it's not April. <laughs> it's not April third. It's April sixth, nineteen seventeen. So, anyways, we can get back. But um, yeah, so we're basically going through the trenches with them, which is an environment in itself because you can feel the griminess to it. Yeah, the dirtiness to it. The, Absolutely, the congestion. The, it is so congested that people can't move. No. Without touching shoulders. It is so tight, and the camera is somehow oh, yeah. squeezing itself through you got to, like, yeah. turn sideways to, oh, yeah. to get by people. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and um, Blake quickly mentions that his leave got canceled, and he said he wants to be home by Christmas. He briefly says that yes. to Schofield. Um, and then briefly after that, soldiers actually walk in front of the camera, which to me was a moment when I first saw it, like, Someone just walked in front of the camera and it was intentional. Yeah. Because they're walking like normal, but then all of a sudden like a group of like three guys like march, like kind of running mm-hmm. past the camera. Mm-hmm. And usually you just don't see that in movies because they don't want anything touching the camera. Right. Nobody, like, like in front of the camera. Don't obstruct the view. Right. Because the know, camera we're is. We're filming like, here. Hey. Right. The camera is supposed to be on the main characters. That's it. And three just guys walk by and I was uh-huh. like, wait, what? Oh, they just walk in front of the camera. Cool. And it's just kind of a moment where you realize that this film's going to be a little different than other movies you've seen. Definitely. And one of the other things that I thought was really cool is, like, once we get into the trenches more so, the camera view goes from being in front of them and looking at them while they're talking. Uh, 
where Blake and Schofield will actually walk past the camera and then it turns around and it comes up over their shoulder. And now it's behind and them. And now you're following them. Um, and uh, yep. it's, it's, it's actually incredible how you can see where someone like might have like stepped over and then they're here, you know? Yeah. Because there's someone behind that camera taking it and moving it. And I don't know about this movie. I didn't look into it, but I have known with one shots before they have like many people standing in different directions. So sometimes you can notice if someone's holding a camera, they hand it off to the next person and then the next person takes it. I don't Mm. know if it was one person or if they did the handing off strategy, but sometimes like I know in one shots, people will, someone has a camera and they'll just make it it easier. They pass it. So the next person takes it in front of them or behind the characters. I don't know if they did. I don't know if they did in this movie, but it's just kind of a thing I've learned about one shots before. And I just thought I'd, Sprinkle that in there, even if it's not um, a part of this movie in particular. Just a little nugget for you guys. Right, and speaking of nuggets... <laughs> oh, you, you have one for us. I'm going to let one rip already. So First nugget of the podcast. This one is a shout-out to Sir Roger Deakins, All right. the cinematographer of this film. He is 73 years old and has done some amazing movies. He has done Prisoners... With Hugh Jackman, which is okay. I just watched recently, and it is fantastic. <laughs> if you somehow one day see Prisoners on our podcast sheet on an episode, don't you, be surprised. You heard it here first, folks. Because I love that movie. It is so <laughs> good. Anyways, I'm going to move on to Prisoners. No Country for Old Men. Great movie. It is great. Didn't like the ending. The Shawshank Redemption. There you go. Oh, Rod, yep, Sir Roger Deakins did your very own Shawshank Redemption episode. Get th- out of town. Episode three of some, I saw that and I was like, oh, I gotta talk about that. How did I not make that connection? And finally, he also did Blade Runner 2049. Ooh. With Ryan Gosling. Okay. Yes. And he's 73 years old. He has an absolute stack. When I got to his IMDb page, I was like, oh, it just kept going. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I can write all the movies he's done, but that's just a few. So to establish his credentials, his repertoire. Yeah, he's very good. And. He did this movie. Apparently, the director, Sam Mendes, actually sought him out. He had this idea to do this movie, like, completely, a war movie completely in a one-shot. hmm And the person who came to his mind, like, who could pull it off, basically went through his head, and he thought, Sir Roger Deakins can. Now, was this the first movie that Sam Mendes wrote? It is, yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Um, and so, I guess I'll counter your nugget. With one of my own. Ooh, Counter Nugget. Counter Nugget. Uh, okay. This one's probably a little more known um, to anyone who's who's seen the movie. Um, I won't say that the movie's based on a true story, but it was inspired by Sam Mendez's grandfather, who was actually a veteran of World War One. Um, right. And and so what I discovered was that when when sam mendez was a kid his grandfather would tell him stories and this was one of the stories that he told him was that he used to have to run messages so uh, he basically wrote this movie off of a story his grandfather told him it's kind of it's not the story exactly it's more of a taken inspired. from right yeah and it says that at the end of the movie it says this movie is dedicated of, yeah. to uh lance corporal I had the I nugget. I think it's Andrew Mendez. I actually had the nugget, but you beat me to it. So, ooh, it's Alfred H. Mendez. Alfred, I knew it started. Lance with Corporal Alfred H. Mendez, um, which is yeah, Sam Mendez's grandfather, mm-hmm. and it's basically, and then it says uh, for the stories he told. Yes, which I think is it's just a great way to send off the movie. It kind of makes you sit there and you're like, 
oh my, like that yeah. is somewhat like true, you know. Um, but he basically took that and made a fantastic movie out of these grandfather stories. An amazing movie. Yep. And then I uh, <clears throat> also read that the whole plot with the Germans and their strategic retreat and everything is it was was based off something that the German army actually did do in World War One as well. Really? Yeah, it was an actual operation that oh. they did. Very cool. Yeah, so I think it's cool that he kind of, you know, not only got inspiration from his grandpa, but also picked out some historical events that actually happened. Right, that's very cool. A lot of research and care went into this movie is basically what we're telling you. And you can tell. I mean, it's it's just a phenomenal movie. Yep. Oh, 100%. And uh, I guess next, now let me know if I'm skipping skipping along, but basically we meet the general next. Who basically we do. stops by to tell the boys that Blake's brother is in trouble. Yep. And he and he basically needs to send them on this run because they're walking into a trap. Him and sixteen hundred men. That's quite that's quite a number to scare them, that's for sure. We're walking into this trap and he said, and as a the Germans have cut our phone lines. Yep, so there's he, no communications. He, he he goes ahead and shuts down all the haters. We're going to be like, well, just call them. The phone lines are shut down. This is also 1917, so they couldn't just whip out their iPhone or sat phone, satellite phone. You know? That's true. Um, Ooh, satellite phone. That was a little bit of a reference for me. <laughs> well, you know, when you're out in the middle of no, no, a battlefield. But, but, yeah, so... He basically has to deliver an order to, um, they say it's... Uh, Lieutenant, is it Lieutenant? No, it's Colonel McKenzie. Sorry, yep, you're right. It is Colonel McKenzie, which um, basically is the commanding officer over his brother. Yes. And to his, the, his, the, the second battalion. Right. And his brother is Lieutenant Joseph Blake. Okay, I just knew him as the other Blake. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically that's our, I mean, he basically lays down... Right in the first five minutes. This is our. This is your plot of your movie. Well, they have can, to deliver this message. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, can you imagine? You get called into this bunker. You know, you probably are lucky to have seen the general at some sort of like morale boosting event. You know, he stands on a stage and waves and maybe gives a speech or something. But you're in a tent and you're as close as you and I are right now. And yep. the general's like, "Hey, heard you're good at reading maps. I have a mission for you. <laughs> like yeah. directly on a random Tuesday, you oh. get a." You get a mission from the general. By the way, you're leaving immediately. Yep. And it's just you two. And it's just you two. Yeah, you don't get any backup. Yeah. Or nope. You don't get air support. Nope. <laughs> you get literally nothing. All right, have at it, boys. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, though, you'll be great. Yeah. And um, and you kind of notice already, Blake has this eagerness. As soon as he hears it's his brother. He has this eagerness that honestly worries me. And it's kind of weird that he's so eager because you don't expect people to be eager in a war movie. Well... And he's, like, almost... He needs to... Like, he's so eager, which I get it. It's his brother. He is so eager. And Schofield tries to convince Blake to wait for sundown. But Blake but, absolutely refuses because he has to go get his brother. But I agree with him, too, because we're on a time frame here. Yep. We can wait till sundown, sure, but that's just that's wasting however many hours, which is valuable time. You don't know what you're going to run into. Yep. You know, you don't know what delays, what change of plans, snags, or anything. And there's is gonna many come up. delays. Boy, let me tell you, 
And we're going to tell you. Oh, we're going to tell you. There's many delays. So not waiting until sundown was definitely a great call. Yeah, yeah. But uh, needless to say, yeah, as soon as they got those orders, Blake took off. And Schofield really was trying to, like you said, trying to say, hey, yeah. man, what do you think about this? We need to, like, slow down because he wasn't slowing down. He was running through. And we actually followed them through the trenches again, through crowds and crowds of soldiers. Yep. And Schofield keeps losing Blake, and then he gets to him. Blake's bumping Blake into is, people. Blake is absolutely beelining it. Tunnel vision. To the front uh, front lines. Yeah. Which no one usually does. <laughs> yeah, because who wants to? Because basically they tell him that the German troops have withdrawn. Um, and so you're going to have to cross no man's land. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sounds and, great. Yeah. Yeah, Can't okay. <laughs> In the daylight. Yeah. That's Schofield. He's like, oh, great. You know, and Blake's like, all right, let's do it. There's, we have, Challenge accepted. We have two different sides right now. Yes. But, and they finally do reach the front lines and find Lieutenant Leslie, who is a character in himself. He is. He's a character. He's kind of he, a... He's an interesting guy. I mean, he, he tells Blake... That if they get shot at, can you throw their flare gun back? Yeah. Which I thought that was kind of funny. I always hate losing these to the Huns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you just, can you throw that back? He's well, because it kind of just, like, he had the vibe that, like, he thought it was BS. Like, great, you guys are just going to get more of my men killed because we're going to have to come rescue you. Mm-hmm. And because he told him, you know, it, we're not coming until it's dark. Because um, I think yep. everyone was anticipating they're going to go over the trench Boom. into no man's land and just get mowed down. But throw the fire gun back while you do that, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't mind. Because <laughs> we could use that. Be a, be a real guy, a, a pal. What do, you, uh, what do you have next? So, um, well, they finally get up to the front. And oh, yeah. then they... Start crawling over. Right. We finally get basically to the top. They finally make it out Into of, the, of the front. Of the, uh, the, the front line right, of the trench. Right. And, and they're in no man's land. But, but may I say real quick that we also leave with them and it's quite scary because the camera is also crawling. It actually, the camera actually is lower. Yeah. So it's like the camera doesn't want to get seen by shots either. I so mean, it, it really is, is almost like, like you're with them. The general sent three people and it, you're one of them and you're the third person it can literally be like a roller coaster a very scary one yeah. like a ride or something like that at Di- like, well not at disney but you know like a ride <laughs> because like as soon as they start crawling and the cameras going over the front lines the camera's like okay we're crawling mm-hmm. here we go and it's kind of like stay on the, low it's kind of on the floor you know so we kind of go with them and we talked about how like or at least i, I briefly mentioned how the environment is, is is changing at first it's this open field then you come into a more populated campsite right. now you're in the trenches well now you go over the front line you're in no man's land and it's like a whole nother freaking planet man it's almost like a dream like it's there is so many atmospheres and there's and that's why i also when i mentioned that there's so much to look at yeah it's everything's different even though no man's land isn't much to look at you're just here with these two main characters that's mm-hmm. it it is still just there's a di- there's a different atmosphere like almost every time the camera does something dramatic. Yeah, you're in somewhere else and yeah. you have more to look at. Yeah, which I think you know adds to the the pace and how quickly it seems like this movie goes by. Mm-hmm. But um, I really liked how Lieutenant Leslie is kind of giving them like a verbal map. Okay, this is how you're going to get through all the barbed wire to really get out into the open. Yep. Go past the dead horse. Then you're going to see the guy doing the bowing act. And really, it's just guy, this dead dude bent over the barbed wire fence. Um, right, which was startling to look at. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. And we actually do pan past that dead horse. We and do. when you do, the f- there's flies. Mm-hmm. And the flies are like flying in front of the camera again. And once mm-hmm. again, there's something in front of the camera, and you're like, "Shoo, get out of the way!" Yeah, you're in my face. But it's not you. But it feels once again, like we said, it feels like it. So there's flies, and you're like, "Whoa!" When then there, there's actually two dead horses, and then the second one, its face is kind of halfway decomposed, and like you know, not to get too graphic or anything, but again, the attention to detail yep. is just phenomenal. This is an R-rated movie, so oh, it lives up to the. To the R. So, yeah. R for really <laughs> crazy. crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the, the camera moves through the barbed wire. Like, you're, yes. it's almost... This is the part where it's like, well, this can't be me because that would be impossible. But you, you kind of pan through the barbed wire while they crawl through like an opening. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of a cool way because you could just have the camera behind them as they're going through the barbed wire. Yeah. Hole. But you don't. You have the camera like... You're just looking through barbed bar. It's kind of moving along with them through it, not like following them as they make a right. path. Right, because they they make a path, and you could the camera could follow them, but it doesn't. The camera I, finds its own path yep. almost. Yeah, it's great. And and while Schofield is opening, he's kind of opening up the barbed wire so that Blake can get through, and mm-hmm. he cuts his hand on it. <sighs> yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, automatically I was like, ooh, yikes, there it is, the first, oh, yeah. like, inju- injury, that was, that was pretty bad. Well, especially what, what happens later. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. So, I, I also want to quickly mention, I love how the camera pans between the main characters. Like, yes. at one point we're following Blake, but then as, like, Blake goes to, like, do something else, we pan back over. What's Schofield doing? To Schofield, yeah, yeah, basically, what's Schofield doing? Oh, and then we're back to Blake. And it kind of, the... The cameraman clearly made sure, okay, we got this person, now we're looking here. Mm-hmm. Like, they both have a shared amount of screen time. Because they weren't always directly beside each other. Right. If they ever panned off, you you saw both of them. But it's kind of like what Until y- one time. you would be doing if you were there with them. Like, all right, all right, Blake's cool, he's doing this, that over here. Like, let me see what Schofield's sure, doing. Let me make sure Schofield's all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it, I mean, I don't want to say ping pong because it's not like a rapid back and forth, but it is... We're hanging with one, we're hanging very with the slow other. Ping pong. We've yeah. got them both in the frame. Now we're back to, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. That's very cool. You're right. It's totally like you're there and you're like, hey, you're checking on everybody. Yeah. Is he good? Is he good? So there's this part where they cross, they make it through the barbed wire and they cross this giant crater. And it's very similar to what you just said. But it's almost like the there's there's water at the bottom of this super deep crater. Um and I think this is actually after. So after Schofield cuts his hand, yep. he uh, like falls into a, a hole and sticks his hand into a dead guy's stomach. Okay, yeah, that was my next note actually. Okay, is that they're just like sitting in this crater, and then Blake comes out shortly after Schofield and sees this like skeleton in the sand, and he kind of gets scared by it, and he hits um, Schofield because Schofield happened. saw it. And there was a rat crawling out of his stomach because there was yeah. a hole in this guy's stomach. Very decomposed. And, and Schofield sees it, and he's like, all right, going to like stay away from that. But then as Blake comes down and like hits again, he kind of bumps into him while yes. they're both laying, sitting there. He bumps him, and his hand goes directly into the dude's um, yeah. stomach. Which, he puts his hand out to brace himself. And, and it's literally just like, just, just kind of goes right in. And that's the hand he just cut wide open on the barbed wire. And now it's like in this dead dude's decomposing yep. guts. And apparently, Ew. yeah. <laughs> little, little nugget time. Oh, oh, Here nugget time. Here we go. Uh, 
<laughs> Hated that. Here we go. We'll do that again. Um, apparently, the script was written so graphically, like, and they noted that scene. Um, that I guess when Sam Mendes wrote this, he described in so much detail the state of decomposition oh my of the body yeah, yeah he, let, he lot, let him know a lot of people reading it had had trouble with it so i think they actually had to like revise the script so that it wasn't as because it's like we don't need all this like yeah we, we get it like you're an actor reading on sunday night just chilling yeah and you're like oh my god this guy's <laughs> details spaghetti and meatballs and you're yeah just like, right oh, yeah i'm not hungry oh, anymore i'm not hungry yeah but literally um but we come to that big crater, and they're crossing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at this point, they're kind of starting to get to the bar- German barbed wire. Right. And there's there's this water in the bottom of the crater. And Blake and Schofield go to one side of it, and the camera goes to the other side. And it's yep. panning along, and it's almost right above the water. Yep. Um, and you're seeing... I mean, there's there's dead bodies in the water. They definitely and stuff, lowered it. And, they definitely lowered the camera like right against the water. But I just thought the way that they, like you said, dropped it down. We're skimming above the water, and we're kind of not following them from behind, but like from the side. Yeah, I thought that was filmed so cool. It it is. It's actually it is really cool. And back to the comparison of like you're the third soldier there. It's almost like you two go that way. I'm gonna go this way. You know. Yeah. It's it is kind of like that if we can keep making that comparison. Yeah, you know. So, and also I just want to have a quick note about the way that Schofield and Blake move. You can just kind of tell that they're just uncomfortable and heavy. Their footsteps are like kind of like yeah because they're you're, they're carrying so much uh-huh. and they weren't they weren't exactly light, but you can just kind of tell by the way these guys are moving that they're heavy and like 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 when Blake falls and and hits Schofield and it knocks him so far that his hand goes into that guy's thumb. I mean, they're so heavy that they can do yeah. stuff like that. And like later where we get to the mine scene is another part where you can tell how heavy they are mm-hmm. cuz Blake's trying to carry Schofield. But well, we'll those, get to that. Those rifles that they have, um they're Lee Enfield rifles and that was standard issued to the British army. I don't have one, <clears throat> but I have a Mosin, which is what the Russians were issued mm-hmm. in World War One, and it's basically a giant wooden rifle like those are. Yeah, they're freaking heavy. Yeah, they, yeah, they will wear you out real quick. Right, yeah. and they also had like water. They also had a flare gun. They had all this stuff. They had whole pockets with all their stuff in it. Uh huh. They were just heavy. Is all which like duh, Nicholas. No, but I'm making a point about yeah. you can tell, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you, but I don't think people realize just how heavy all that stuff is. And and like so, they're they're going through this no man's land, and they start out their their boots are you know nice and clean, and they get through, and you can see their feet almost sliding out from under them. It looks like yeah. they're walking on ice because there's so much mud packed into yeah. the bottom of their boots that there's no tread, there's um, no traction. I wonder if there's any takes where someone slips and then they have to redo the whole mud uh, so it doesn't look like there's any footsteps in it. I don't know. They may would have uh, would have kept it in there because there's other there's other scenes later on in the I movie. I have a nugget where, about there's an improvision, which uh-huh. is so cool, and I found it out today oh really that that was improvised i didn't know it i think i know what you're talking about oh my god yeah i didn't know it was improvised and the fact that it is is so cool makes it even better and speaking of trenches and nuggets i have another nugget so this nugget is that 
over 5,200 feet of trenches were dug for the film. It's about a mile. It's just under a mile, yeah. Can I contribute to your nugget? Please do. Okay, another counter nugget. A counter we're, nugget? We're bouncing these nuggets, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm pretty sure I read that this was filmed near Stonehenge. Oh, really? Yes. And so we talk about how they dug essentially a mile's worth of trenches just to film this movie. It's crazy. They actually had, they didn't have to, but I think they decided to go ahead and get a license to exhume bodies um, because there was a concern that out out of all that digging so close to such a historical area um, that they would come across a body. And instead of, uh, you know, they, what I read was they were expecting to find like stuff that was like a couple thousand years old. Yeah. Um, They never found anything, but they went to that measure Mm. to ensure that like there were no delays in filming or anything like that. I also saw that while they were filming, because of all the dead bodies around, they put up signs so people walking by wouldn't be, like, concerned. Oh, like, hey, they, this they is up, a movie? They put up signs that said, like, hey, if you see any bodies along this walking trail, like, because there was, like, a, they're like, hey, don't be worried, we're filming a movie. Yeah. Property of whatever, you know, whatever the production company was. Basically, they put up signs so people wouldn't be, like, calling the cops, like, <laughs> oh my god, there's a body out here, and it's wearing a soldier's uniform? What's happening? Well, you as know. many as there were, uh... Like, in the movie, like, as many, like, dead guys as there were just hanging out. Right. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. And now, back to while we're moving through No Man's Land. Yes. I want to just say that the whole sequence is, is so very tense because they don't know what's out there. You don't know what's out there. Right. They are nervous. You are nervous. And it's just, it's the unknown that's so scary because right before this leslie said oh they were just out there good luck you're probably gonna you're, you know you're probably gonna die yeah so they don't know you don't know like anything can happen so you're nervous you know right and the whole sequence is tense and i guess the, the whole movie this movie isn't good for my anxiety i was gonna go but uh, <laughs> because the whole movie isn't because it is all unknown because they're going in unknown territory yeah i mean you're pretty and so much, are you you're you're going basically behind enemy lines mm-hmm. and the whole movie you're kind of just on the edge of your seat you know, because anybody could be anywhere, basically. Right, right. Any corner you turn, or someone could be there. Right, and that's the scary part of it. But I love it. It is, you know. But and that's the other thing, though. I mean, what other option do you have other than to press forward? You know, there's a part where you think that Schofield has lost all hope, and there's a part where he just kind of has to go forward, no matter if he wants to or not. And it's the part where the guy's shooting down at him from the house, and he waits for a second. He takes a, a few deep breaths, and he just kind of has to move forward. Because he can't waste time. Right. Do you know what I'm talking Do you know that scene I'm talking about? The is that house. when he's crossing guy, the river? There's a guy shooting at him. Yeah, is that when he's crossing the river on the bridge? I think, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like waiting, and he takes a few deep breaths and then starts shooting up at the window. Yeah. He just has to move forward. Yeah, because he's like, well... I mean, he can't sit there. Right. He might... He's, he was pinned down. He was. And he almost got his head blown off multiple times, but he just kind of had to move forward. Yeah. Which I don't want to go into that scene because we're not there yet, but I'm just trying to, you know... Right. I'm just trying to put that in there. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Because that is a... You're right. They just have to move forward no matter what. And it's all just very tense. So... We're just... And then in this scene, we're just kind of panning past, like, everything. Like you said. We pass... We pass pan... We pan... We pass pan... We pan past, like, multiple dead people. Uh, there was a hand at one point you kind of passed by. Mm-hmm. That's kind of stuck in the ground. Like, it's been buried. Yeah. I mean, there's just, like, 
There's so much. Like, faces that are just barely peering out of the dirt that you don't even notice until, like, right when it goes off. Just because there's... So much to look at. So much to look at. Right. Um, but they finally make it to the German front line. They make it to the German trenches, and then this, like, the music starts building up, and it's getting tense and tense, and then boom. They're actually empty. Yep. Much to their surprise, much to our surprise. They're actually yep. empty, and, um, yeah, they're, they're actually empty. And what I thought was pretty cool was the Germans' trenches looked different than the American yeah. trenches did. They said it's actually detailed out the German trenches, like, are supposed to look cleaner. Mm. And, like, because, I mean... Well, it yeah. looked like there was, like, blue paint. Because, I don't know if you remember, when they were first going in, they were talking about, like, this is a down trench. When they were trying to go up to originally cross to get to the front line on the American side, they were right. like, this is a down trench, you idiot. Like, they were basically saying, like, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. And so, on the German side, they had, like, I saw blue paint everywhere. So, I was wondering yeah. if... That was to help people know this is an up trench or a down trench. It or... might be. And they also had a sign that was written in German. Uh -huh. I mean, there was there also was... a sign in there. It could just kind of look more put together. Yeah. And also, do you say American side? British, right? The British. The British. The British. Troops. The British. I was, I just USA. Yeah. USA. Yes. <laughs> I just kind of caught that and was like, wait. No. Yes. Because the Blake British. and Schofield are both British. England does. Yes. Yes. They are both British. Um, Good catch. Yeah, and basically they find German barracks. They find the barracks that are kind of like in this mine. They find this like shortcut, in the and they go into these barracks, all well, these sleeping quarters, basically. Yeah, because I think the other two sides were kind of like bombed, so they almost it, it it almost like they had to go into the. It kind of forces them to, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, but they're like maybe this is a shortcut. You know, maybe it'll lead us through somewhere better. Right, it's a shortcut, and it definitely was not a shortcut. No. I mean, it might have been, but I don't think so. It almost seems like that was the only route for a reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And they say that later is that they think it was planned. Yeah. What happens to them in the in the barracks? What happens to them? <laughs> so before we get to that, okay. I also thought it was kind of interesting. While they're walking down there, Schofield briefly looks at a family photo that was left behind. I don't mm -hmm. know if you noticed that. There was a family picture left behind, and he kind of briefly looks at it, and it's just kind of a good detail. Well, there's, there's several things. More to it than that, so but... I, I think that when they first hit the trenches, there's like, it, it, honestly, it looks like a little trash can, like a metal waste basket that's still got embers in it. It's basically a bucket. Yeah. And they just kind of kick it over. Yeah. And there's hot embers in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the picture in the bunkers. I think all cool of detail. these, yeah, yeah, all of these things are little things that show us that like the Germans were literally just here. And not only that, Schofield looking at the family picture, I wrote it down as more of like a, it brings a human side. To, it, it does to the humanize. German side because he's like this guy had a family, and he left right. his picture behind. Probably means he didn't come back, you know? Right. And that well, that well, that was telling me that they left in a hurry. The fact, because I mean, you you got to think about it. That too. In 1917, you know, pictures of World War One. I, I mean, this was over a hundred years ago. Pictures weren't like now. You know, you got a hundred pictures on your camera roll from last week. You know, but right. back then, you'd have like this one picture of and your that's family. That's all you got. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Oh, so and then so when they get to this main part of the barracks, right where it looks like they have an escape, there's this giant rat that Blake finds very startling. And um, they follow this. The camera follows this rat, and they they're looking at it, and the camera's looking at it. So it's actually it like you're there because you're following it with them. I actually wanted to say, um, 
just before we, because I, I know where you're heading. So before we get there, actually, no, yeah, go ahead. there's all these bags that are hanging. They're tied mm-hmm. to the wooden rafters in these bunkers. Right. And I, I, I Googled it because I was like, what? Like, what are, like, what is that? It's never revealed. So if you have the answer, I can't wait to hear it. It's food. Oh, okay. So it's similar to like when you go hiking in the woods, you hang your food from a tree so a bear won't get a hold of it. So what they would do is, because really? they were talking about in the trenches, the rats were so bad that if you were to set your food rations on the ground, they'd get eaten immediately. And then so what they food would for like the week. Yeah. Right. So what they would do is they'd hang, everybody would hang their bits of food up there and like, yeah, you might get some acrobatic rat every now and then. <laughs> yeah. um, but like we do unfortunately and, and, and that's what i was gonna say the funny thing is is so i looked that up and then i look up on the screen and this rat is coming down the string there he comes yeah, yeah. our he little was the acrobat rat exactly and they follow this rat that was a really but really good uh nugget sort of because i didn't i didn't know that it's never revealed i assumed it had to been something like that like i thought it was like maybe keepsakes or something that you mm-hmm. just didn't want on the ground because so that stuff can get run over or god knows what but that's a really cool detail yeah 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 i just was really curious because like you said they don't tell you what it is and right old g wanted to know well i'm glad you, you informed us because i didn't know <laughs> so they follow this rat until they find a trip wire yes <laughs> and in an extremely fast it kind of moves very fast once you see the trip wire it, it's an extremely fast and really tense moment. The rat, well, the rat knocks his bag over and it hits the ground and it kind of scares them. They're like, oh, you know, because the tripwire's right there. And then this rat, this troublesome acrobatic rat, decides Ugh. to drag the bag across and sets off the tripwire. Yes. And boom, the entire mine just explodes. Really good explosion, but. It sends them both flying. It does. It, yeah, it's, it's quite the explosion. Yeah, um... It blows up and sends... It sends Blake flying. Sends Blake flying, and it buries Schofield under a pile of rubble. Yeah, Schofield definitely got the the bad end of that deal. He did. Um, and then at this point, the... I guess, you know, they're underground, the The, the walls start kind of... I, I, I don't know if that was strategically set to ruin the structural integrity of the... I don't know if it was strategically set, but they definitely figured, well, if an explosion that big goes off, it's probably going to collapse on them, right? Yeah. So if a whole, like, if they lead, like, a whole bunch of troops down there, hopefully they all get, like, stuck under there. That's probably their their hope. Yeah. Why not, right? Right. Might as well. Um, but from all of the dust of the rubble, it kind of, it blinds Schofield. It does. And luckily, Blake can, like, at least wake him up. Yes. Because if he'd had to carry, like, dead weight, that would have been worse. Well, because he almost looks dead, because his face is now, like, just pure white. From all of I was the, a little worried, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're not going to kill main character this early, right? Yeah. Well. Well. Well, we'll get put to it. it past him. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it does kind of worry you a little bit. But he is. He's temporarily blinded. And the mine is kind of beginning to collapse. And Blake is basically leading Schofield out of the mine shaft. Yes. Because what else do you do? You can't leave your friend behind. So he basically leads him out of this mine shaft, even having a temporarily blinded Schofield jump over this gap. Which I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Too big of a jump, or too small of a jump, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It was kind of like Indiana Jones vibes or something You kind of just have to trust your friend and just kind of do what he says, right? Because you can see and you can't. You might as well That was a pretty intense scene. And I think, you know, like definitely got the heart pumping a little bit. We actually, hurry, what if it all collapses on you? Go. Right, right. And, and, you know, yeah. And he's just like, don't let go. Basically, he was like, just hold on to me Mm -hmm. and just follow, follow me. 
Great job, Blake. Yeah. Yeah, good job. Because he saved his life. He did. He, did. he, he, yeah. he really did save his life. They make it out, um, and they, the, the camera, been with us the whole time, pans out to this, art, this field of artillery shells. Yes. Which is insane. Huge. To look at. When I feel like, like, Schofield's like, just stop. Like, give me a second. Like, I gotta catch my breath. Right. And I think at this point, it's hitting him. Like, he's realizing, like, what he got. Basically, he's like, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, basically yeah. realizing, like, what he just got, like, nominated for. Basically. And he's just like, why? Why'd you pick me? He actually does says that. He says, why'd you pick me? Yeah. To Blake's defense, he didn't know what it was right. for. And, and Blake tells him that. He's like, I didn't know what we were signing. I thought we were going to go get some food or something. Yeah. Or get sent home or something. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. And he says, you, you can go back if you, you want. You can go home. Yeah. And he's like, all right, man, stop playing around. Yeah. Um, don't, don't, don't do that. He gives him some water. Yep. He gives him his own water. Because he used it all to get the, the dust, dust out of his eyes. Yeah. So Blake gives Schofield some of his water to uh, quench his thirst because he's out of breath. Um, what a guy. Once again, yeah, well played, Blake. Um, and finally, as we're kind of walking through the woods shortly after that, they kind of have finally have a laugh in this movie, which is nice to see, uh, as Blake is telling this short story about this guy who uh, got his ear completely chomped off by a rat. Oh, and they, yeah. they kind of quickly have a laugh, which is just a, a nice moment to see because there isn't many in this movie, you know? So it's kind of a nice moment yeah. for them. Yeah, because it is a pretty serious movie. So it's nice that they get to have a laugh real quick, and it's kind of a fun moment. But speaking of not fun moments, we get to this farm. They they arrive at this farm. And I, I just want to mention that uh, there's all these cherry blossom trees, cherry trees. Um, and again, it's spring, mm-hmm. so the cherry trees are blossoming. And if you know what a cherry blossom looks like, it's got a bunch of little white petals i guess that i was come gonna off say petals tree. yeah uh yeah and it almost kind of looks like it's snowing when they fall um if you saw one you'd know exactly what i'm talking about right um but the germans cut them all down but those come back later in the movie um in a great scene of symbolism might i say yes and we'll get to it but i do love that scene a lot where they come back because it's kind of like uh okay i'm not gonna start talking yeah. about it but but i had to mention it now so that when i bring it up later yep if you didn't make the connection in the movie, you'll see it, and your mind will be blown. It is. It's. It's really great. Yes. Yeah. And Schofield um, uh, tells Blake that he will definitely get a medal for saving him in the mine. He does. And uh, yeah, basically, he says you'll get a medal for saving me. He's like, you think so? You know, because I think. Who doesn't want a medal, right? So Blake's right. that's something he's kind of Blake setting out for. Yeah, and yeah, they find this cherry field, which reminds Blake of his home. Yeah, because, because his he mom said that, had. Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. His mom had an orchard, um, and him and his brother would have to go pick the cherries, and it would take all day. Yep. And he was like, you know, a lot of people don't realize he started. It almost kind of gave me Forrest Gump vibes uh-huh. with uh, oh, your favorite movie. Yes. Yeah. One, one. Yep. But you know how. Uh, Bubba's like shrimp gumbo, shrimp salad, mm-hmm. shrimp sandwich. Well, he, Blake's talking about all the different kinds of. Uh, he lists a lot. Yeah, all the different kinds of cherries. And it's like you know, a lot of people don't realize that he's clearly very knowledgeable about cherries. Yeah. Um, but then they have to clear this house. 
They're like, I'm pretty sure it's abandoned, but we gotta go make sure nobody's here. Basically, yeah, they clear yeah. the house. And it is clear. It is. And um, another thing that actually comes back is uh, Blake asks him, if, did you find any food? And uh, Schofield's like, nah. And he kind of walks over to where this barn is. And he's looking at this dairy cow off in the distance. And then he sees that there's a bucket of milk where someone had milked this cow recently. But again, they're gone. Um, but, yeah. So he, he, he gets a couple handfuls of milk and drinks it. And then he fills his canteen up with it. Which it was empty, as we found out. He used all his water, yep. so might as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, and it clearly Gwen's just searched because he was very, he was happy to, that it was there. Mm-hmm. He kind of took a deep breath, you know. And then we follow these planes up in the air. There's like a dogfight going on. Yeah. And there's actually two British planes against one German plane. Yes. So we see how that is probably going to end up, two versus one. And as, I mean, the British plane does get shot down. Mm-hmm. And it crashes into their barn. It's kind of an interesting scene because they kind of you think it crashes because there's like this because there's a hill. There's a hill, and the camera's far enough back that you can't see over that hill. Right, and it seems to crash behind the hill. You're like, well, he's close, not that close though. And then and then oh, he comes over the hill, and it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, because you think it crashed, but then there was no like noise, and then boom, there it is. And yeah. Schofield starts beelining backwards because this is actually probably. One of my favorite scenes. Oh, really? Yeah. The just, plane? Just the way that it happens. Yep. Just that, the surprise you get, uh, and, and, and then everything what happens like after the scene. Everything's like, unexpected in this movie. F- yes. And the, this is a perfect example of that. It's not very predictable. No. So when you think the plane would like land, it's boom, there it is. There's kind of like shocking moments like that that's different, I would say. Yeah. So they start running... Um, and honestly, if it wasn't for that barn that they were just in, because that plane comes in, it hits the ground, it slides, and if it wasn't for that piling, like that center post in the barn that basically is what stopped the plane, yep, uh, they probably would have got ran over. Yeah, they, they would have been screwed. Yeah. Yeah, this mission would have been over pretty quickly. Creamed. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Blake decides to save the pilot who's on fire. Yeah, they pull him out of the plane, and Blake tells Schofield to go get him some water. Because Schofield says, let me just put him out of his misery and just shoot him. Yeah. Because he's like, he was just on fire. Yeah. And And Blake tells him to go get some water. Yeah. And And he's an enemy soldier. Enemy soldier. Not just because he's German, right? Right. He's an (laughs) enemy soldier. He's an enemy soldier, so like, why would you give him water? But Blake clearly is... uh, He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, this is a hard one. It is a hard one. And it's... And, like, I hate to say this is why it's one of my favorite scenes, but it's just... Yeah, it it is, and it... I don't know. I, I hate it, but I love it, because it happens in such a, a cruel way that I kind of hate it. Because, okay, well... Well, how about this? Since this is clearly hard for us... <laughs> okay. Do you want to just take a moment? We can take a moment. Okay. We can take a moment if you'd like. Yeah. We're going to quickly go on a break. Quickly go on a break. And you know what, guys? We're going to drop you our first advertisement. Cinema Bros is kind of becoming a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, we're kind of getting big. So we're just going to take a quick break, let you guys listen to a word from our sponsor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fancy. And, uh, and we'll be right back. Yep, we'll be right back, guys. And we're back from our first break. And uh, we were getting to a really crazy part of the movie. But before we do that, uh, I wanted to talk about our poll from our Instagram page. I would like to talk about our poll as well. What's that page, Nicholas? Oh, God. It's slipping my mind. Just kidding. It's at Cinema Bros Podcast. (laughs) I was like, how could you? (laughs) Yeah, no. It's at Cinema Bros Podcast on Instagram. What was that? At Cinema Bros Podcast. Oh, okay, cool. So our poll this time for this episode was what is your favorite war movie? And we presented four options. And if you are cool and you follow our Instagram, you would have voted. And uh, we have the results here. We right? do. I mean, if you were cool, you would have voted. You are cool. So shout out to all of the cool people who did participate in the poll. Uh, we love it when you guys interact with us. Uh, send us messages on Instagram, participate in our polls, give us feedback. Any we, of that we appreciate absolutely. so much. Absolutely. So our options were 1917, obviously. Obs. Dunkirk, Platoon, and Saving Private Ryan. Those were our options. I'm not going to lie. I was actually kind of surprised by the results. Really? Yeah. So we'll go with the minority first, which is 1917. Was in second place at 43. We actually had Dunkirk and Platoon both at zero. Yeah. Now... Clearly no one cares about those movies. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> that kind of sucks. Um, For those movies. Very good movies. They I, are. Um, and finally, with the, minor- with the majority, I mean, Saving Private Ryan was 57%. It is a great movie. Haven't seen it. Are you kidding me? I'm going to watch it. Don't worry. You are this close. (laughs) Mighty thin eyes. Yeah. But 1917 at 43. Me, on my personal Instagram account, voted 1917. I was going to say that. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Me, myself, voted 1917. Just want to go ahead and put my vote out there. But, um, yeah, that was the results of our poll. Thanks to all who participated. Yeah. And check back with us uh, soon because the poll for next episode is going to be up. Episode 5 is... Wow, episode five. Episode five uh, poll should be up soon here. Yep. Next couple of days. So just check in. Yeah. Keep checking in. I mean, honestly, if you have a brain between those two ears, (laughs) you're checking our Instagram page every single day. (laughs) I almost spit up my drink. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you also would have notifications on for Cinema Bros. Absolutely. So when we post something, you'd get a noty and that'd be like, hey, Cinema Bros posted something and you'd click on it and you'd be like, man, I love that podcast. God, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> okay, we should probably stop while we're ahead. Yes. So, thank you for the poll. And uh, those are the results. Saving Private Ryan. There we go. That's our, that's our takeaway. Best war movie, according to our According to our followers. lovely fans, yes. Yeah. Um, but, should we get back to... Let's, let's get back to it, because right. we were I guess I'm ready. at a huge point, and understandably, you know, it, 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 it's hard to spit it out. I guess, yeah. Recap. So, plane crash. Yep. They tried to pull the German guy out yeah. to save him. What's he do? You want me to say it? Yeah. So, while Schofield's over grabbing water, the pilot um, gets up and stabs Blake. Yeah. He stabs him. We hear Blake say, no, no, stop, stop. And Boom. then the camera turns. With Schofield. Yep. 
as the German dude's pulling the knife out of Blake's stomach. Which sucks, because Blake clearly is, like, believes in the good of humanity, because he tried to help this guy. Yep. And how does this guy repay him with nothing? And I don't know if it's because there's a language barrier. I don't know if it's because of the adrenaline. I don't know if it's because he is just, just a horrible person. I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, before I die, I'm taking you with me or or what his deal is. But after he stabs Blake, Schofield shoots him. Oh, yeah. He absolutely unloads that gun. Like, yeah. As much as he can. Oh, yeah. He makes sure he's dead because we don't want anybody else getting stabbed. But I think now, you know, I, I've never been stabbed. I've never seen anybody get stabbed. But... I think that the way this scene went once he got stabbed was so accurate. Uh, and, and again, like it, it's a terrible scene because of what happens, but I think it's such a great scene because I think that this is when Lance Corporal Blake, um, let me see here, Dean Charles Chapman, shout out to you, sir. Well done for your, I mean, you weren't in the movie long, but well done amazing acting yeah actually amazing Just how he's like, in this scene amazing. no 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 you know he starts panicking he's unbuttoning his jacket to look at the the wound you know at Honestly. that point he's in he's in shock the adrenaline's pumping and then uh i mean it just it's such a sad scene it breaks it my heart every time i see it because it, it's just a kid and he tells him about his brother he says you'll recognize him he looks like me just older yep and Tells him, tells Schofield to write to his mom. He, Tell my mom I wasn't scared. scared. I wasn't, yeah. And then he basically asked Blake what hit him. Yeah, so he, he's con- like confused. Yeah, so due to the blood loss, um, he's in shock. He's losing a lot of blood. And I can't tell if this was just me imagining this or if he actually started to look flushed, like paler, because he's losing blood. In no, his he face. 100% does. By the time he puts his body by the river, yeah. he's 100% looks like a zombie. He's like white, yeah. like pale. Like, so he he's yeah. definitely, um, yeah. you know, the lights are going out, things are fading. And you're right, he's, he's confused. What happened? Uh, there's the, the barn is on fire from where the plane hit it, and there are these embers falling down. Uh, and he asked Schofield, you know, what are those? What's that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, God, it's such a sad scene. And he yeah. asked him if he's dying, mm-hmm. which broke my heart. Yep. And he it kind of takes Schofield a moment, but he says, yes, you are. I believe you are. Because you can tell he's kind of struggling. Like, do I lie and comfort him, or do I just tell him tell the truth him the in truth his last moments? Him, like, you yeah. might as well just tell him the truth, I guess. Yeah. It's such a hard call. Yeah. And, and then, but, like, dies. He does. Which... Once again, shout out, Dean Charles Chapman. Well done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well done for your role in the movie because it was actually great. Terrible scene and that it really hits you in the feels, but great scene as far as acting goes. Oh, one hundred percent. Holy cow! No, yeah, he absolutely acted his cheeks off. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but he did. When you first see the movie, you're like, wait, no way. Right. That's like our. That's like our main character. What? What? That's our main character, right? Yeah. It's, it's about his brother. It's about him getting to his brother, and he's. He's dead. What do you mean? Like it was, it was, it was sad, but it was also confusion because you were like, "Wait, what do you mean?" Yeah, this this isn't supposed to happen. You know, the good guys always make yeah. it to the end of the movie, and it's but like, this ain't a bad guys, good guys movie. No, nope. <sighs> this is war. So this is such a crazy scene. I, mean, I feel like it puts how vulnerable we are into perspective. I won't go into all that stuff, but it does. Yeah. It's just you know, one one knife wound to the stomach and. 
It's yeah. a wrap. That was crazy. And not only is Schofield's friend dead, but he now has to do this all alone. Oh my god. Not well, only just, did he lose his friend, he has to do this all alone. Well, and that was the other thing that really got me too, was after Blake dies, um, some fellow Brit- British guys show up. They said, we saw the smoke from the plane crash. Fellow British soldiers show up, yeah. And they basically, uh, he tells them, like, I gotta get to 2nd Battalion, um... I got to get to this town. They're right outside of this town. And they're like, all right, well, we're actually headed that direction. You can ride with us. All right, sounds good to me. Like, And, all and right. now he has to leave Blake, just like that. Like, you're my boy. You just died. And, like, I, I, I don't get, like, you don't get a proper burial. You don't get, like, I just got to leave you here. He collects his jewelry. He does. And then. To pass along. The other soldiers help carry him to the river. And then we we leave Blake. The camera kind of focuses on him for one last time. But as Schofield gets up, which, like like you said, he hesitates. He almost doesn't get up at first. Yeah. But then as Schofield gets up, the camera's like, oh, okay, now we're just with Schofield. Mm-hmm. Which now sets the tone for the rest of the movie that we're with Schofield the entire time. Nobody it's, else. It's down to him. If he, doesn't, to him. if he doesn't make it, these 1,600 dudes. That's it. Yeah. Along with Joseph Blake. Yeah. Lieutenant Joseph Blake. His brother. LT. Which, 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 uh, yeah, which now I almost think... Even after he just said, why me, and all this, Schofield has this, he now feels like he has to do it, so right. he can get to his brother, because now he kind of feels like, well, now that he's dead, I have this, like, obligation, I almost yes. have to do it. Yes, absolutely, 100%, he is now doing this for Blake. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he wants to say the 1600, but I feel like now it's even more personal. Yep, it um, is. Yeah, 100% it is. Yes. Um, yeah, Schofield catches a ride with some other British soldiers. He does, and and it. I feel like they do a really good job too because Schofield's mood is pretty somber. Now he's the one that's rushing to get there. Now he's the one that you know because Blake just died. Right? Yeah, but all these other guys are kind of BSing and you know they're shooting them. Chilling, yeah, yeah, they're kind of just you know messing around with each other. They're doing impersonations of. Uh, like their commanding officer, yeah. yeah, or whatever. I do like in the when he's in the back of the truck riding with these guys, the camera and uh, Schofield looks, and the camera does as well. One final like look at the charity mm-hmm. farm, and you kind of see the cherries, and it's kind of some symbolism because Blake is he kind of laid him like close to the cherry farm, and he grew up on a cherry. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, it sucks, but that's kind of a symbolism of it. So there's kind of one last look at it. Well, it's cool because too when they when they get in the back of the truck, the camera could have been right beside Schofield looking at his face. It could have been right across from him looking at his face, but it's not. The camera is like across from him, like three people over. So you're kind of looking over like, this, like you're somebody else sitting farther sitting in, in the, the truck. truck, right? And I know we've mentioned that several times, but it just—it's a great comparison to make, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it really does a good job. Again, it's that paying attention to the detail. It's those little things that. It is. You know, that all add up. And like you said now, Schofield's in a rush. When the truck gets stuck in the mud, he yells at them to help, Get him, out. Like, to help him push it out of the mud. And they do. Yeah. Thank God. Because no delays here. Yeah. Speaking of delays. Always... <laughs> they're all like, cool your jets, man. Calm down. And he's like, no, I got to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, re- he's, he's, deter- he's more determined than he's ever been in the whole movie so far. Yes. He only gets determined as the movie goes on. But because of a bridge being down, the trucks are stuck. And they said, we can do a detour, but it's going to, you know, we have a detour. 
Yeah. And Schofield tells him, you know, man, I'm sorry, but I, I've got to go. You know, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't waste time doing this detour. I'll be faster if I just go. Yep. And he does by himself. So our camera, we're back just with Schofield. But before he rolls out, that captain that initially brought him along for that ride tells right. him, um, when you give those orders to Colonel McKenzie, make sure there are witnesses. It's actually great advice. Yeah, and he says because some men just want to fight. It's actually really good advice. And yeah. It makes complete sense. And it does. it's really good advice to him. And it kind of sets a tone, uh, at least for me, gave me some sort of uh, uh, expectation. Uh, it it kind of gave me an idea of what to expect from this Colonel McKenzie fellow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. It, it painted on me. We haven't met him yet. We don't really know anything about him other than that he's a commanding officer for the 2nd Battalion. Um, but just like that, a picture is painted of who this guy is. Very well said. Yeah. yeah. And Schofield immediately gets shot at from a house as he's trying to cross this bridge. He's yes. like tiptoeing across this bridge and of course he gets shot at, which makes it harder for him to cross. Basically, obviously. And he's pinned down under this bridge. Yep. And this guy keeps shooting, and he gets to this stairwell, and every time he tries to, like, peek out, boom, shot, hits right above him. Mm -hmm. And this is the part I mentioned earlier where he just takes a few deep breaths. Yep. And says, I just got to move forward because, like I said, he's determined right now. I got to go. Yeah. And he starts getting up, and he starts shooting at the window, and shoots at it so much it gives him enough time to bolt into the house. Well, we... He shoots at it a couple times, and then the sniper fire stops. It does. So we're thinking, all right, well, did he hit this guy or what? And so he goes into the house. Like you said, he runs up into the house. He kind of gives himself covering fire. Yeah. He starts shooting at the window, like, just in case he tries to shoot him again. He definitely puts a couple more rounds to the window. uh, Just to make sure. Just, yeah, like you said, kind of some... Covering fire. Yeah. Which, if he still had Blake, Blake could have gave him covering fire, you know? That's why you need a partner, because someone right. does that, and while you run into the house. But like, right, continue. He gets into the house, yeah. And so now he's got to clear it, and he's going up the steps. He's going up the steps. The music starts building. It's this. This scene's tense too, man. Yeah, because we don't know what to expect. Did he shoot the guy? Is he dead? Is he waiting? Is he lying like in a trap? You know, like what's gonna happen? Hopefully, he's walking in his room, and there's like. Eight people, eight soldiers in here, yeah. because that would be the worst case scenario. Another tripwire? I mean, who knows? That's true. Um, and he, Schofield opens the door, and dude was just posted up against yep. the window. And they shoot at each other. Schofield definitely hits the Point sniper. Blank. Yep. He hits him. He actually has a really good shot. Yep. Center sniper mass. Not as much. Yeah. And but, uh, seemingly, Schofield gets shot. Yeah, this, this, and the screen just kind of, he falls to the bottom of the He stairs, falls down the steps. And the screen just goes black. Yep. And, and it goes black for, like, longer than expected. Usually in movies, when someone gets knocked out, which that's what happened to him, he didn't die. Right. But when usually when people get knocked out, you're like, oh, and you're back. But he gets knocked out and he wakes up in the dark. Yeah, I don't know if the bullet grazed his ear or what. We never really found out where it hit yeah if it was a graze a direct like or what happened all we know is the back of his head gets injured because of the fall down the stairs yes they and were this they is... were they were like concrete stairs they weren't like carpeted like, right concrete stairs he fell down when he went you know the top of the steps just straight back back you, you can't yeah. see me but i'm trying to reenact it right here. but and he didn't put an arm down or nothing no that was it just straight back 
Um, and this is the one cut and the one take that we were talking about earlier. Unfortunate, but I get it. Well, what I read was it was intentional because Sam Mendes wanted a uh, night shot, but he also wanted like a dawn shot. And so unless the movie was going to be 24 hours long, there's no way he could have done that. So this was the one way to do it. That's a very good point. Um, I didn't think about that. And... Yeah, he comes to, and then the rest of the movie is a, so uh, another one shot. And now that it's night, um, and yeah, but I just want to say when I was in the theater for the first time with you on my right, of course, we were sitting there, and when the screen goes black for like a good like thirty seconds until the water starts dripping, you're almost like, oh, they're both dead. That was it. Mission movie failed. Yeah, <laughs> like that was a movie. All right. Wow. Like, that was interesting. <laughs> but luckily, of course, Zero cinema Schofield yeah. is alive and well. Yes. Well, not well. He's alive. He is alive. He's shaken mentally and physically, but he's okay. Yeah, he's definitely shaken. So this honestly is... I know I just talked about how much I love the scene where Blake got stabbed. That sounds terrible, but... Oh, I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, you're 100% right. This next scene, I... Adore. It's my favorite scene really? in the whole movie. I Not just love the way that this is done. Yep. I love the feeling of it. Um, so it's at night. There's um, just... No, yes. I And it's probably like my second, but one at the very end beats it for me because it has more meaning. Well, And, and it's, it's not field even... shot. Yeah. It's not even the meaning in this... So, no, yeah, it's not. There's not. I mean, it's just how cool it's, how well it's done. Right. It's just really how cinematic well it is. It's very cool. So it's nighttime when when Schofield wakes up. He leaves the house. His head's not bleeding, so that's great. Yep. Nah. And it's dark, and there's all these ruins. You know, there's like walls and windows and chimneys, and you know, I mean, it's a urban wasteland. Yeah. Um, but there's all these flares that are being launched into the night sky to pretty much illuminate everything so that the soldiers can still see. And you've got all these shadows that are moving around and stuff. And it's very dreamlike. Uh, it's actually kind of trippy. And I know it's intentional, but it's so cool how the flares light up this scene. Yes. Because that's really what it, what it's for. The flares are popping in the distance and... The noises they're making. The score making. in this scene's also great. Yeah. The music's so great in this scene. It's kind of a tense, but it's also kind of, you know, it's also kind of beautiful. But, yeah, it is, It I, I really do love this scene. The flares are popping and it's lighting up this whole area. It's, and, it's uh, all yeah. lit up. And, and just because, you know, the flares are moving in the sky, so it's making the shadows, you know, move and stuff. Yeah. It's just unlike anything I've ever seen. Yep. Uh, Same here. And it just, I, I don't know. It was awesome. It was just so freaking cool. It, it is it is very cool. Um, And then... He basically is winding through this broken, like, town. Yeah. Like you said, urban, you know, and he's breaking through. He's getting shot at. Yep. Flares are lighting up the scene, you know, and the... the the, the cinema, and we, I mean, I'm kind of skipping, so let me know if I'm skipping too far. Okay. But the cinematography in the scene where Schofield stands in front of the burning building. Yes. the fountain in the middle. Yes. Perfect. I love it so much. And then. The whole building's just engulfed in fire. So that was apparently like. Lights a f- the scene as well. Five story 
uh, little nugget for you guys. It's been a while since we've dropped one. Why not? It has. It's been a little nugget. We've yeah, we've been dry. a little dry on the nugs. <laughs> uh, Drop one, though. All right. <laughs> all right, so... That's a war movie. It should be like... Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, probably, that's probably better. <laughs> uh, the, the Burning Church. That's what it was. It was a church that was on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, that lighting apparatus lighting structure was five stories tall really and uh they said it's the like biggest light apparatus that uh has like ever been put on a movie set really yeah it it's very impressive yeah it also just looks it's crazy. really cool it does well and it's crazy to me that like it wasn't a real fire with the sound effects that too the way that they had like the glow and the you know and luckily it lights this scene once again so we can see because it would be pitch black without it. Yes. So, it, I that's one of my favorite shots in the whole movie. And it's the only time the camera's, like, still enough for you to be like, wow, that's, you know, what mm-hmm. a shot, you know? Because um, cameras don't move this much in other movies. So when it does finally sit still for a second for you to look at a shot, you're like, wow, that looks great. Yeah. They you're kind of, like, able to, like, catch a breath a little bit. A little bit. And it kind of just lets you know, like... Because the camera stopped here, look at this for a second. Like, yeah. Look how cool this looks. Well, then it's really cool because, well, not cool, kind of sketchy. Because then, oh, yeah, this little silhouette emerges to the right. I would have absolutely peed myself. That oh, was, dude. Yeah, dude. He just came out of nowhere, too. Yeah. And basically, this other mystery person mm-hmm. uh, just kind of look at each other for a second. They just kind of spot each other. Yeah. And they're like, uh, oh, okay. what do we do? What do we do? Yep. Uh,. Beats and then me. the mystery person starts walking towards him. Yep, starts getting a little faster and starts shooting at him. Yeah. All right, so he's not friendly. Got it. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty, pretty much. much. He let himself know. And they basically, he's chasing Schofield through this through this crumbled town. But it's really cool because there's kind of these archways. I'm going to try and paint as well as I can. These There's these archways and Schofield's running down this hallway and the camera's in front of him. Yes. The camera's in front of him. And the person, the mystery soldier is shooting at this, at these archways. And Schofield is, like, booking it towards the camera mm-hmm. as the camera's moving as well through these, like, archways. Just thought it was kind of cool. I'm pretty sure that in those types of scenes, like, that one specifically, when he's running like that, they mm-hmm. were filming, like, from the back of a motorcycle, is what I read. I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. It is really cool. That is really cool. Um, It had to be something more like that, because... Someone couldn't have grabbed it and run because it would be too shaky. Right. It has to be something more still like that. So he's running from the soldier and he kind of catches a break because he finds himself in a cellar. He uh, does. He's kind of in this like bunker sort of thing. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. almost like a little basement uh, type deal. And when he's in there, he sees that there's a fire burning like in like a little fireplace. And a bed. And a bed and some other like personal effects. Yeah. And he realizes that he's not alone down there. No. We actually meet Lori. Her name's never said, but I found out. I was just going to say, like, how did you how did you know that? I just found out. Yeah. We, we meet Lori. Okay. I believe that's how you say your name. And uh, she... It's basically revealed that he is in... I'm going to mispronounce it. It's, it's double E-C-O-U-S-T. It you It's where they were trying to go. Yeah, it's the French town. It was the French town that they were trying to pass through to get yes. to where they need to go. So yes. when she says that, it kind of lights up to him. 
well, I lost some time, but maybe I can still get there because I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. At least I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. Because he did lose time being knocked out. But yes. At least he has some, because he, pro- he probably is worried that he's lost too much time. Mm-hmm. But at least he knows that he's where he's supposed to be. And she tells him uh, that he needs to take the river. So mm-hmm. she speaks French. He speaks a little bit of French. He speaks English, and she speaks a little bit of English. And yeah. so they're able to kind of figure out. They're able to somewhat communicate. Right. Yeah, there's a language barrier, but they, they figure it out. Right. And so basically she tells him he needs to get to the river mm-hmm. uh, to get where he wants to go. She cleans up the back of his head. She does. A little bit, at least enough. And we find out that she has a baby. She does. She has a baby under there. And, and she's not... basically hiding from the German soldiers under yeah. there. Yeah. It's pretty good hiding spot. Not her baby. Said she found it. Doesn't know the name. Yeah. Doesn't know how old it is. Doesn't know whose it is. She just found it. I figured baby. it was like a mother hiding with her baby. That's what I thought. But luckily she was a, a good Samaritan and just found this baby who was left behind and luckily at least took it and mm-hmm. took it upon herself to take care of this baby. Lori did. And we kind of see a, a hum, the humanity of Schofield at this point. Like, yep. up until this point, I feel like it was Blake that was really... It the, was, because he... Get, get him water, you know. Yeah. Um, he tries to give the lady... I think it was a chocolate ration for the baby. Yeah, I don't really know. And she he was tried, like, he offered he them food. He, the baby can't have this. She needs milk. And lo and behold... Boom. Uh, a, <laughs> a light bulb clicks in his mind. And for my mind, I was like, oh. Yeah. We got milk. Like, yeah. We actually have that. Yeah. You know, I love how that's set up because why would, in any other circumstance, why would a soldier have milk? Well, I feel but like there somehow were, he does. There were of, several things in here that just, you know, I, I know it's cliche, everything happens for a reason, but I feel like there were several things in here where... actually do. Yeah, where if this person wasn't here at this time or this person didn't do that, then, you know... Uh, yeah. Right. You he know, fills his canteen with milk and then... That his baby needs milk, so he gives it to him. Yep. Um, Lo and behold. And then, finally, Lori basically asks him to stay, but he has to leave. And, because he heard a church bell, which now means it's morning. So the the bell dinged, go. I think, six times. Yep. So that tells him it's 6 a.m. Like, oh, snap. I've got to go. Yes. And he, of course, she has to leave Lori, much to her. Uh, she doesn't want him to, but he has to leave. And he basically runs into these two soldiers, Really quickly. Or multiple soldiers, I guess. I think it's two. I think uh, one comes out. But I think it has to be three. Because he kills one, and then two more chase after him later. Two are shooting at him when he's, as he jumps in the river. I know we're skipping ahead. But... Okay, okay. So I, I think it has to be more, it has to be at least three. Initially, it's two. One was outside. Right, and he comes, that's the first guy oh, that yeah, was throwing right. up. Okay. And then he comes back in, because he's pissed drunk. These two sheets to the wind. <laughs> basically, let me, let's rewind. Schofield silences a soldier by that cold his mouth. Yes. And basically tell he trusts him enough, which, by the way, I wouldn't have. He trusts him enough to, like, let go. And, of course, the soldier yells for his friend. Yeah. They anyway. kind of have a tussle, and Schofield kills the soldier by choking him. And the whole time he's choking him, the drunk guy comes back in. Because they're like, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a warehouse or what, but they're in a very vast... He actually comes back in and just... Open like, doesn't realize building. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, he was drunk, or else any other person would have been like shot him. So what's crazy is um, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the two soldiers' names were were Baumer, Baumer, B A U M E R, and and Baumer and Muller, yeah. Mueller, mm-hmm. Muller. 
Um, but I found a little nugget for you guys. There right. are, in the book, All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, there are two German soldiers named Baumer and Mueller in that book. And that book is actually told from the German's perspective. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or Interesting. not. Interesting. He used those names? Yes. Gotcha. That he used those names. Sam Mendes did. Interesting. Yeah. Very I mean, cool. He could have used any any name in the whole wide world. Right. That's very cool. But, uh, so basically yeah. he chokes his soldier out. Uh-huh. And he runs towards the other one and just kind of... Just plows right through him. This dude he's drunk, so he's, he's drunk. Not, what's he's, he going to do? Right. Because if he wasn't drunk, he would have been dead or He would have shot Schofield. Like, oh, you're tussling with my friend? Boom. Absolutely. Like, you know, so luckily he just plows right through him and is on the run again, as is the camera. We're on the run again. Yep. Under fire. Two soldiers are gunning him down. He runs and jumps in the river, which I just want to say... Is so cool when the camera jumps with him. And yeah. And you're falling so fast. You're like, wow, this is a lot farther fall than I thought it was. Right. And then, boom, you hit the water with him. And then the camera emerges. And then, like, a second later, he comes out of the water. Mm-hmm. Love it. So cool. It's so cool. Because, again, like, I feel like that's the shot that would, like, all right, cut. Right. And a normal movie, but nah, not this one. Nope. He j- the camera jumps. Keep it rolling. Yeah. So good. When it's it. cool, because, like... You had to realize that uh, George McKay, George Mackey, who who George. plays Schofield, okay, yeah. um, he's doing all his own stunts. He is, yeah. Shout out, yeah, to George McKay. Yeah, that's him jumping in that river. He did great. Yes, he did. He did great. And basically, uh, the river takes him downstream, so he can escape from these soldiers. Yep. You know, he gets so far, the the soldiers are just probably like, well, all right. I mean, the, the river's flowing, man. It's, it is. It's pretty quick. And it yeah, takes him I mean, right downstream. There's some white water in that river. He grabs onto like a log for a second and it takes him. Yep. And actually, I love this scene, but he almost like drowns himself because he's so tired. He is. Like, briefly falls asleep and then yes. like gets back up because water. Or like, he goes yeah, underwater. He, yep. He goes underwater. So I actually made a note here. So he's clearly exhausted. He's floating there. Right. And like you said, like he's he's almost like going to sleep you mm-hmm. know what i mean and he's going under the water and then he wakes up but you can tell he's still just not in it anymore he's done he's spent he's given all that he can he's so tired this is still like one day he's so tired and the cherry blossom leaves start falling oh my god i was talking about the symbolism earlier yeah oh i love it the cherry it is, blossom leaves it is start literally falling. his wake-up call and it is literally yeah. it, it i mean it is literally blake telling him keep yeah. going man it's one Hundred. That's how I took it. How about you? Yeah, Same. yeah. It's basically Blake telling him, "Come on, man, you got like, it. Keep you, going. You can do this. Yeah, keep going." You're so and close. Schofield sees it that way too because he's like, "All right, yeah, let's freaking do it. I'm yeah. gonna get to his brother and I'm gonna deliver this message for Blake." So he, the cherry blossoms fall back on him. Yeah, just so crazy. Yeah, and I love it. But it's because I mean, it is like a a message from the other side, man. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it is it's otherworldly presence telling him, well, you know. And now Keep that going. we're talking about it, too, I felt like there's so many times where uh, Schofield should have died, but he didn't. And mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because, at this point, Blake is now, like, this guardian angel looking over that's him. A really, that's a really cool way to look at it, actually. Yeah. That's a really cool way to look at it. Yeah. I'm actually going to drop a quick nugget, because it's been a while for myself. <laughs> it has been. Hit us, hit us with the nug. So... This movie is in IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. 
Okay. Pretty cool. And this movie, this is the same nugget, I guess, because I'm talking about its achievements. This movie is actually the winner of three Academy Awards. We have an Oscar winner here, folks. Three times. Quite impressive. It's very cool. It got Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, and Best Achievement in Visual Effects. The cinematography one is stands yes. out to me automatically. Visual Effects. And Sound Mixing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, All earned. Yeah. All earned. It was nominated for Best Picture. Do you happen to know what one? I any chance? do not. I'm sorry. Crap. Yeah. I would just love to know what beat this. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. For sure, yeah, but it um, we still got an Academy Award winner here, folks. Yeah, all three very deserved. Oh, might I say, hands down. And that's one of uh, whoops, hold on, I gotta get my nugget sheet back. I forgot his name. <laughs> you little cheat sheet. I gotta get my nugget back. Old Dean, uh, Sir Roger Deakins. Deakins, Deakins, Deakins. This Deakins. is another award for himself because he's the cinematographer. Yeah, the movie wins best cinematography at the Oscars. Well done, sir. Hats he, off, dude. Is yeah, he's. Yeah, he's... Oh, I had a hidden one. <laughs> I had a hidden nugget. I have one more. Never mind. And, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so the cherry blossoms fall. Schofield's got his wake-up call. And he has to crawl over these dead bodies. They're a bunch of bloated, swollen... Uh, they, hit, they hit this, like, tree. Yeah, so basically there's this tree that's, like, falling across the river, and it's dammed up all these dead bodies essentially mm-hmm. that have washed down the river and he basically has to crawl over them to get to the shore and i don't know if it's just everything that's happened to him at this point if it's the cherry blossoms and it's like we talked about blake speaking to him or just having to crawl over all these dead dudes but he kind of has a, a moment where he breaks down i think it is i think it's everything yeah i think it's also he didn't have time to think about that his friend just died yeah, he so never really did get to it, process that It probably that caught up to him that, oh my god, he's dead. Yeah. And I think it's just everything that's happened to him all catches him to him at once. I also want to go back to my nugget real quick before we continue and just say congratulations to Sam Mendes in 1917 for its well-deserved three Academy Awards. Congratulations. Just kind of forgot to say that. Mr. Mendes, well done. Deserved. This movie's great. Yes. But anyway, yeah, he does. He kind of breaks down and he starts crying and I honestly don't blame him. No. I would too. Good lord. Yeah, I know. I don't don't blame him at all. Yeah. Yeah. Went through it hell. Sucks. Yeah. yeah. Went through hell. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's almost like another wake-up call. He hears singing. Yes. And he finds some friendly soldiers. He does. Some so he, he hears some singing, and he kind of, you know, picks his head up uh, and goes to see where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy singing. There's a bunch of soldiers on the ground around them. They're fellow Englanders. <laughs> yeah. That's what the Germans called them. Englander. Yeah. So that's what I'm calling them. Uh, yeah. And again, you know, he's he's beat. He's leaning on the tree when the guys... He kind of gets a break for a little bit as yeah. he's singing. He kind of gets a quick moment to just kind of rest against this tree. Yeah. And and when the dude's done singing, his the, the fellow soldiers are like, you know... what. Hey, man, you all right? Yeah, yeah what's wrong good. with him? He's all soaking wet and everything. And he says, I have to find the Devons. And he says, well, we are. Yeah. We're the Devons. And he goes, and it's kind of a moment where he's like, oh, wait, don't, don't mess with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't you play. So it's kind of great that uh, Lori was her name. 
Down the river, right? He goes down the river. Yep. There he is. He found the Devons. He's right where he needs to be. He's not too late. Right after the cherry blossoms. He's not too late. There is a chance. Right after the cherry blossoms as well. And think about how close he was. If he would have given up right then. He was so close. Yep. That was 1,600. Yeah. Well, we realize that they are the second wave. He says that, He's with the second wave right now. Yeah, because he asked him, what are you guys still doing here? Like, why haven't you gone over yet? And he said, oh, well, we're the second wave. And it sucks that he got knocked out because I truly believe if he didn't have gotten knocked out. He'd have made it. He would have made it Save and stopped the first wave. Yes. But unfortunately, he didn't make it all the way. But he made it enough to stop God knows how many people from dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, and the soldiers actually tell him where Colonel McKenzie is. There is hope. We know Colonel McKenzie is here. You know, yes. the message can be delivered to the person it's supposed to be given to. Yeah, they tell him, uh, yeah, he's like right up here. So he, right he kind of starts here. following these guys. Yeah, and, and they go, we're headed there now. I'm like, oh, this is being, this is convenient. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so there's this line of soldiers kind of, you know, everybody's kind of genuine, like uh, generally walking towards this one Just area. Just walking normally. So Schofield kind of starts. Beeline it. Yeah. <laughs> he's running through the trenches and he's asking soldiers on his way. He asks like five guys. What's well, McKenzie? It kind of stops because uh, like he, he runs and then the line kind of like funnels into almost like a, it's like two abreast. It's like a fork. Yeah. It's like two abreast. I don't want to say single file, but like two abreast, deep line, and it starts going into the trenches. And that's when he's yep. like, oh, crap, I got to get through all these guys. Yep. And so he's running through and he's pushing people to the side. Let me through. Let me through. Let me through. It stresses me out. Yeah. Oh, big time. Um, and he's asking all these people on the way. Yeah. Where's McKenzie? Do you know where McKenzie is? And they keep leading him. Oh, he's right down there. Right you down keep there. thinking they're going to be like, oh, he's right here. But nope. 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 Keep, keep sending going. further, further down. Further down. Poor Schofield. Yeah, he's like, he's right there. And the whole time, they're prepping these guys on the front line to get ready to go over the wall. They're kind of giving them their last little commands. They're letting them know, hey, you know, two minutes. Yep. We're almost there. One minute. Which Schofield's probably going to be like, oh my God, one minute. I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah, it's letting them know. And shells start raining down. Yep. As he's running, as he's trying to get through this, uh, trying to get find McKenzie. And uh, the last guy he talks to, I think, tells him he's like three three hundred yards. That guy was the best. He was the most accurate. Because everybody else line. was like, oh, he's right down there. This guy was actually like, okay, he's like right there. And that's when Schofield realizes, like, I'm never going to make it. Yeah. I know you want to talk about this scene. <laughs> I just, just knowing <laughs> you and how good this scene is, I know that you want to talk about it. I don't know if we're skipping anything. No. We can talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Put our pens down. Schofield yes. decides to run across the battlefield. So, as men are running across, as shields are just shields, shells are landing right beside <laughs> him and blowing the ground up. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so he goes so over great. before anybody. And even that one lieutenant or whoever he was was like, What are you doing? Like, no, no. It was whatever commanding officer was just commanding that, like, section. Yeah. There was, like, guy, he asked all the commanding officers of whatever section he was in. Yeah. It was just that guy. He's like, Dude, what are you doing? Don't do it. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't, no. But and he goes over before. He's got a anybody. mission, man. He's a man on a mission. And he's running across this battlefield. I don't know, like, I'm going to try and paint the picture, but he's running across this battlefield. And the camera's moving faster away from him. Shells. And then the whistle blows. And then all the second wave starts coming over the over the wall, the trench, into the field. Oh, my God. 
I couldn't believe it. I was watching it at the theater, and I was like, oh, my God. I dropped my popcorn, and I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> this is so great. I can't believe it. And they're running across, and these bombs keep hitting right beside him, and you're like, oh, my God, if one of these blows him up, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm so done with this movie. But they, and it just keeps blowing past him. It's my favorite. This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. And it's a pretty, my second one actually hasn't happened yet. It's a pretty climactic scene. It's it's definitely like the third act. If right. this movie would have one. Because this is, is like the the final stretch. This is it. He's almost there. Yeah. And he's decided, I'm just going to run across this battlefield. That's a choice to make. But he, he made it. Yeah. yeah. I've made it this far. Might as well. Right. And Do you want to talk about your nugget? You had a nugget about this part, right? Yeah. So, um... There's a scene where he actually gets, like, ran into by a soldier, or he runs into another, like, soldier, an extra guy, mm-hmm. um, which was not intentional at There's all. There's actually two collisions. I was going to say, it, actually, it does One, he twice. stays on his feet, and the second one, he rolls and then gets right back up. Uh-huh. And the two collisions were not in the script, and George McKay just said, I'm rolling with it. Yeah, and but I, I mean, love it, it. it works. It works perfectly because it's realistic. Why everyone would miss him, really? Right. No way. Yeah, it's very accurate. More realistic that someone would just plow right through him, right? Because they gotta go. Well, because they're looking these soldiers that are coming over the front line out into no man's land to make this charge are probably tunnel vision, and they're probably just looking dead ahead, and they're not anticipating anybody running perpendicular. (laughs) Yeah, you know who? Right. Who would? Because that's not what the objective is. Schofield Um, was. Yeah, yeah. One, one man. It's great. And he, he freaking makes it across this wonderful shot that made me love this movie so much. Yes. It is. It's the one that sold me. I was like, all right, fine, movie. You win. You win, movie. <laughs> what a great shot. You win. It can end now. I love it. And the music's roaring. Yeah. It is so, so great. The music is rolling. Ah, I love that scene. But he finally finds Colonel McKenzie. He does. He finds him, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. What a like a little cameo that is. Because yeah. it's such a small role. Didn't know Sherlock Holmes and uh Doctor Strange was in World War One. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch has a quick role as Colonel McKenzie. And when okay, in this scene when McKenzie doesn't like believe him, I would have slapped the absolute crap. I was like, dude, I have been through too much for you to doubt me right now. So I actually was shocked when he ended up calling off the attack. I didn't think he was going to do it. Well, I'm so glad he did. I was convinced that he was just going to be like, yeah, piss off, like, cheerio and blah, get, blah, blah. Get out of like, my face, yeah. yeah like, I'm nah. so glad he called it off, but in the beginning when he was, like, not believing him before, he made him read the letter. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm like, dude, please. You not know what this kid's been through. Yeah. Like, but luckily, he reads the letter. He calls the attack off. And luckily... He's the safe. mission is complete. Yeah. Basically, he made it. For Blake, the mission has been completed. Mm-hmm. Almost. There's one more thing to be done. Find his brother. He's got to find older Blake. He's got to find Joseph Blake, yeah. Um, and... Lieutenant Blake went over with the first wave, is revealed. Which, yeah. you're thinking, oh crap. Because he ends up talking to a major, and it's actually really cool because the major says, like, well done. 
And he I says, feel he says, like, well done, lad. And, and I, I feel, feel like Schofield needed that. I was just going to say, I think it's exactly what he needed to hear. Because <clears throat> yeah. Mackenzie didn't say it. He almost no. needed like that guy to just say, like, hey, man, well done. Because yeah. you came from a long way and you did great. And you, you got it done. Clearly, like you did it. And it clearly looks like he's been through some crap. So they're oh. probably like, all right, well done. And when he says he's been, he, he kind of speaks in with, he kind of speaks of Lieutenant Blake like he's uh a good a good soldier yeah because he says like he knowing always, the, knowing lieutenant blake that's what he said yeah he went over with his men he would have gone over with his men on the first wave which you're like really yeah. like okay but you're also like oh crap so from this moment on i'm thinking he, he didn't make it the either. brother's dead yeah. great like because just wow fantastic the brother is dead as well this is just perfect yeah but he says if you want to look for him i would start over in like triage the medical triage area yeah. right and in this horrible medical triage, by the way, we walk past, the camera walks past so many guys on these tables. And so, so much different stuff. Earlier in the podcast, on. this is what I was talking about with, like, the extras and the attention to detail and, like, yep. just the amount of acting. Because, as you said, there's there's guys hemorrhaging, there's guys with getting amputation. I mean, and they're all saying something different because yep, they're all worried. Yep, yep. It's just, it's crazy. It just, I mean, it, is crazy. It, it really creates this atmosphere and environment that you feel, it all just comes together. I mean, it's, yep. it, it's incredible. And then, get, well said, because it really does, and you can tell he's losing hope as, as the scene goes on. Because yes. all these guys are laying here, and you're like, well, this many made it over. Like, what, what, what state at all am I going to find him? If right. I find him at all. If I find him at all, yeah. Like, and he's he, yelling he, out, you know, Lieutenant, and missing Lieutenant Blake. Yeah, because he starts asking people and they're like, I have no idea. Like, dude, I'm trying to save this guy's life. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, you're acting like a medic. Like, dude, I, this guy's dying. Like, yeah, like, I right have with priorities, you. right. And so, like you said, then he just starts yelling like, Blake! Yeah. Blake! Lieutenant Blake! Yeah. yeah. And then he kind of comes out of the triage area and there's this guy standing alone kind of telling people where to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. kind of shows you as well. He's a good soldier. He's telling people where to go. He's right. like, "Oh, you need this. you need help. Go here." Uh huh. And he says, "Lieutenant Blake." He actually says it one more time, and he says, "Yes." Like, yes. Like yeah. question mark. Like, what do you need? And that moment, you're like, "Thank God, freaking found him." <laughs> Literally, it's like a thank. Oh my God! And uh, we meet Lieutenant Blake, played by Richard Madden, which I have a nugget. Okay. <clears throat> this is a pretty cool one. So we meet Richard Madden, or Lieutenant Blake, sorry, played by Richard Madden. <laughs> and his brother was the other Blake, Dean Charles Chapman, was actually Tom and Baratheon in Game of Thrones. Richard Madden, is his brother, Joseph Blake, is was Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. Really? We have brothers of two Game of Thrones alums who were, um, love the show by the way, who are, were both in the same show. And our brothers in this movie, both of the Blakes, were in were in Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. One of which huh. being Rob Stark, which was Richard Madden. I don't know if you even did you recognize him at the end. No, the I brother. Didn't. That's who that is. Uh, well, he doesn't have a you know. Rob's kind of got a beard, and uh, he's clean shaven, and his hair is kind of really short. Rob's yeah. kind of got longer hair. Does he have a helmet on in uh, in this final seventeen? Yeah, no, he doesn't. Okay. It's his hair, but he's kind of... He also has, like, dirt on his face. Yeah. Kind of some blood. Yeah. So if you didn't recognize him, I don't fall through too much. But it's... It, uh, when I found that out, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I hadn't huh. seen the show when I last watched... When I first saw this movie. But the minute I saw the first Blake, I was like, oh, my God, I know him from something. So I looked it up, 
and then I found out who his brother was, and I was like, this, this is fantastic. So that's probably my, the, um, nugget I was most excited about to talk I... about that because, um, Dean Charles Chapman was Tom and Baratheon, and, um, Richard Madden was Rob Stark. It's so cool. That is really I cool. thought it was kind of a cool one. Huh. That was my favorite nugget I couldn't wait to talk about, but I wanted to wait until we met his brother. Yeah. No, I think that was Did you know that? Done. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. I didn't... Honestly, I didn't recognize anybody other than Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie. Right. And I actually read that Sean Mendes did that intentionally so that... Sam? Yes, Sean Mendes is a musician, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just an old guy who's out of the loop in pop culture, forgive me. Uh, Sam Mendes. Mr. Mendes, I do apologize. <laughs> Sam Mendes chose a bunch of people who aren't very well known. Um, Which I kind of like. Very well done. Because apparently Tom Hardy was considered for Schofield. I think it was Blake, right? Let me check my sources here. That is correct. It was, and it was Tom Holland. Oh. <laughs> Just disregard everything no, I No, it's say. okay. It's such a good nugget, and I'm glad you talked about Tom it. Tom Holland was up for uh, yeah. Lance Corporal Blake. Spider-Man was almost Blake. Yes. But I'm kind of glad they went with someone less known. Right, and I think uh, what they were saying was Sam Mendez's uh, idea behind that was they wanted you to form a bond with these people by the end of the movie and not go into the movie just knowing who they were automatically. Right. And I only know a few people in this movie. Like, I've never seen George McKay in anything else, but dude, what an actor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, so that was, my, that was my exciting nugget. Just wanted to go ahead and throw that one out there. It's a pretty big one. It's pretty cool. Pretty I like juicy. it. It's pretty cool. And those are some of the only two people I know in this movie was Dean Charles Chapman. I didn't know who he was. I found out. But you recognized him. I recognized him. him. Yeah. But, um, and I knew it was uh, Richard Madden at the end. But speaking of this scene, uh, this scene's a tough one. But it's one of my favorites, though. It's really good. The scene where he's talking to Lieutenant Blake. Yeah. It's one of my favorite ones. But it's a tough one. He gives him his jewelry. He tells him. Well, because he, he must know my brother. He's what he says. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, because he's like, where are you from? And he tells him like 8th Company or whatever. The 8th. The 8th. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, well, you must know my brother. I was like, oh my and God. And he was like, I think he he, he kind of screws up too. Because I think he tells him, yeah, we were sent to find you. And he's like, oh, is he here? He's like, oh. He says, he says oh, uh, he says his first name, which I didn't write down. Because I found out that the. The two main characters' first names are revealed right in this same scene. He says his first name. Mm. He says blank. I forget. I don't remember his first name. I know his name is Joseph, but he says he's here. Where is he? And he tells them. It's a it's a hard scene. He gives him his jewelry. Yeah. But in just one scene, Richard Madden won me over from this just quick scene. He acts his absolute butt off in this one scene. Oh, it's incredible. Because, I mean, you could just see the shock and the grief. And it's, it's like... his younger brother, It's yeah. still settling in. Cause, and, and he just goes from being, like, real excited to being, like, curious, like, curious about his brother. Yeah. And then, like, when uh, Schofield hands the older Blake his deceased brother's jewelry... He's got it in his hand, and for the rest of the scene, like his okay. hand is just sitting. it's frozen. Yeah, he doesn't close it. He doesn't put it in his pocket. It's he's like just he's got frozen. His, yeah, yeah, he's processing. He's it sucks. It honestly like, does. Paralyzed almost. It sucks. 
It it really does. But Richard Madden wins me over in this scene because he acts his butt off in this one quick scene. You only see me see him then. I think it's great. Kills it. Better than all the other cameos, if you ask me. <laughs> Tell you about Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> but yeah, I I really love that scene. And the final thing he kind of says to him is, I'm glad you were with him, which hits for me. Yeah. Because I'm glad you were with him, at least. Yeah. Well, and he and tells he, me he wasn't alone. He tells, he tells him, him that he saved his life, that he was a good man. Uh, he says, I want to write your mother. That's cool. And he's like, yep. And he says, I'm glad you're with him. And then they shake hands. Yeah. And you could tell that that is a powerful handshake. Oh, it is. It's a, it's a thank you. And then it's also uh, nice to meet you as well. Yeah. 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 It is. It's very powerful. Like, like, just very firm and just... And the camera doesn't even show their faces. It's just, boom. Yeah. Handshake. Yeah. Just two guys yeah. thankful for each other right there. Because he's thankful he found Lieutenant Blake, and Lieutenant Blake's thankful that he's the here to mm-hmm. tell him about his brother. Because people do just go missing at war, and you just don't know. You yeah. Know? So luckily he didn't know, and he told him stuff that maybe comforted him a little bit. He's yeah. still in shock. Like he said, his hand's just frozen. Yeah. Which is so great. That is just... It just shows you the shock. Yeah. Um, and then Schofield. That's kind of it. He kind of walks to a field. He goes over back into a field. Yeah, it's a great bookmark of the of the end of the beginning of the movie because he walks back into a field and he lays back back up against a tree. I think it's really cool because throughout the movie he's pulling this like green little box, little tin almost out of his thing, and like looking at it and then putting it back. But in. it never shows you what's in it, what's in it until the end. And it's a picture of what I imagine is his wife and two daughters. I imagine it is. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool because there's even a scene in the movie where somebody asks him, I think it's Laura? Lori? Lori. Lori. Asks him if he had kids. And, and he doesn't he, answer. He ignores the question. Um, and so we, we do find out that, in fact, that he does have kids. And it's a really it's a really cool scene because you get to know more about Schofield. I mean, you've known this guy for two hours now, and you just find out that he has somebody that he's trying to go detail. home to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a great bookmark for the movie. He lays up against a tree, and he kind of brings the photos out, and Come Back to Me is written on the back of one of them. Yeah. Someone wrote it on the back. Probably his wife, right? Like you said. Yeah. Come Back to Us. And, uh, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Back against a tree, taking a nap. That's how I took it. I mean, finally, he's earned it. Oh, he has. Bro, you can sleep a week. Yeah. Like, fair enough. Go home. Go home. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. I mean, with that, with that heroism. Mission accomplished. You're done. And it's a great bookmark for you in the movie. It he is. started in a field, sleeping, and now here we are. He, he earned this sleep, you know. 24 hours later. Yep. Blake so, didn't make it, but luckily, Lieutenant Blake was alive. Yes. Yes. So, that's it. 1917. That is it. Uh, you want to take one more quick break and then we can come back and we can discuss our Cinema Bros score. Yep. We can tell you guys who we thought did the best. Best performance. Uh, best performance in the movie. And we're also going to talk about the our, our next movie for our, our next episode. I know you guys are curious to hear what that's going to be. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Let's do that. Yep. So hold tight and we'll, we'll be back in a, back in a jiffy. Hello and welcome back. We are finishing off 1917. Uh, we're back from our last break, and we're basically just doing the uh, we're basically just doing the um, the Cinema Bros score. Yeah, we're basically just doing some quick our quick stuff, our scores, and our last minute thoughts. Basically, yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. wrap, wrap this up. I could not think of the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> I still can't think of it, so we're just gonna ignore it. Um, 
So what what you got? Um, I think that so I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you what I thought my uh, most impressive role was best performance. Yes, best performance was by uh, Lance Corporal Blake, played by Dean Charles Chapman. Really? Just like I said, man, that scene where the German stabs him and he dies, it's just so incredible. He did great. It is, I mean, again, it's just like, it's so realistic, man, and it's just, it's... So sad. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays it in a way that makes you so sad. It just Because you haven't known that guy for that long. Yeah. It just hits hard. Um, he dies right by the cherries. You yeah, know? Oh it just God. yeah, it does. It I, that, hits. That it would, does. That would be my uh, best performance. Hits hard is a great way to say it. Yeah. yeah. What about you? My best performance, is George McKay. Yeah. Well done, man. Just the scene where he gets out of the river and he starts crying. Yeah. And the relief on his face when he finally finds not only uh, Colonel McKenzie, but more, more importantly, Lieutenant Blake. Yes. The relief on his face and the final moments of him by the tree. He was, I don't know, maybe it's because we were just with him for longer and you just were like, man, this guy is determined and he is a good soldier mm-hmm. and just a good guy. Mm-hmm. But I felt more captivated by his performance. Now, if we had Blake for the entire movie, I would totally say him. Yeah. Because he did fantastic. Um, But... Yeah, I I want to say, I'm going to say George McKay, because I just think he did a fantastic job. He did. He did yeah. great. That scene running across from the, that scene again, running through the field as the yeah. soldiers running past him, and he improvised the getting up. That was some masterclass acting for a guy I've just never heard of. Stayed in character. Well done, man. Yeah. He's my favorite, he's my best performance for sure. Absolutely loved it. Um... Do you want to go into your Cinema Bro score? I already saw it. Oh, did you? I tried to cover it up. I know. Too late. So, the Cinema Bros score. So, do you want me to start with my score and your score? And then we'll meet in the middle? Average amount? Yeah. Yeah. So, I was torn with mine. I was an 8.5 or a 9 out of 10. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Okay. But I finally settled just thinking the cinematography, the music... The acting by our two leaders here, Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay, are, you know, I, I already said it, but the score, the cinematography, the it's all so well done. Yeah. The symbolism behind everything. Yeah. The way stuff comes back, like you said, everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. in this movie. Everything is so good. And they do this thing, like we said, with the camera that just makes you feel like you're there with these guys. Yeah. I'm going to say... Final 9 out of 10 for me. Final answer? 9 out of 10 because of what I just listed. All that. I mean, it's... Yeah. It is so good. I think you and I are on the same page. Um, I, I would agree with you. I, I think that it was executed very well done. Um, I, I, I think... Like, the technical side of it, right? Mm-hmm. The logistics, all that stuff. I, I think it was phenomenal. I think there was some really good acting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had uh, 8.5 Okay. for this movie. Okay. So we were pretty close. We are pretty close. So yeah. where do we average that? Would that be an 8.75? It's such a weird number. Like, yeah. I say we just decide. 8.5... I mean, yeah, I guess just what's in between those two. 
They're so they're so close. Yeah. I guess I'll go down to eight point five with you. I don't want you to have to come down. Nah, it's it's okay. We'll, okay. I'll go down with you, and we'll just average it lower and just call it an eight point five for our final Cinema Bros score. But it's, a strong eight point five. A very strong eight point five. From Cinema Bros. That's our final score. Yes. But I do want to ask you why, why, like, why not nine? Why not ten? What? Because what it's, deters it's, you? It, as great as all of that was, I feel like it. I don't want to say this is a movie you can only watch once because obviously we've seen it before and we watched it again for this podcast and I enjoyed it. Again. I've seen it. This is my third time. Ooh, I quite love this movie. But I feel like after that first time, a little bit of the magic is lost. Oh no! It is a hundred percent, and like most movies, there is that that first time magic that is so good with this movie. And we watch in that theater, which enriches the experience. So and maybe, maybe that's maybe why, that's what it is because you just feel tainted watching it at home. Like, yeah, like this what is sucks. this crap? Yeah, maybe that's why. But you're right; it is definitely one of those movies that is better to that first time. Yeah, because everything's so shocking. Yeah, but it still was for me, man. It. I. I. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about the movie uh but you know i I am glad that you asked me that because i do think that it's fair if i'm gonna hit you with the lower score i should be able to say why yeah you know and i don't want y'all to think that like every movie i give like a nine or a ten i hate a lot of movies but we just don't do them right i mean who wants to sit here and talk about a movie that's a three yeah you know i don't think you guys want to listen to us just tear into a movie and talk crap but but if you do let us know hit us up on instagram i mean (laughs) maybe we'll do a bad a bad episode yeah every once in a while we like like what what, but you're right like i don't give high scores to everything but these are just movies that i just quite like you know, so I'm going to give high scores to yeah. them. I'm I mean, not going to lower it just because. Our podcast, we're going to talk about right. the movies we want to talk I about. I mean, lower score movies, we'll just sit here and be like, yep, Sharknado sucks. Like, <laughs> obviously. Like, All right. What's another one? Like, no offense. Sharknado 2? No yes, that one sucks. No offense to that movie, though, but duh. Like, yeah. So, you know. But yeah, I think an 8.5 Simmer Bro score is a great way to put it. Yeah, 8.5. I'm cool with that. You want to tell them, uh... Are what our next movie is going to be? I'm going to let you do that this time. Because I did it last week. <laughs> so this is different. After we just sat here and told you that we're only going to talk about movies that we enjoy. Uh, That's true. I didn't even think about it. This is a movie that we had, will be different. Neither of us have seen this movie. Yep. Um, That's true. So we are going to be discussing Prey. 2022 2022 on our next episode uh i mean it's a hulu original movie uh which with what (laughs) right well and just wait there's more there's more it got a 95 percent rating uh, i think it was rotten tomatoes score rotten tomatoes percentages what really for a hulu original and so after seeing that i was like okay you know what i'm curious about so 1917 is an 8.2 right Okay. Like, what do you think Prey is on IMDb? Like, what's the score? Oh, my. Hmm. We'll see. Interesting. So we can see it, but uh, you guys will have to tune in to our next episode. I mean, obviously, you can Google it if you want, but that's not fun. (laughs) Yeah. But it is going to be different. A different podcast episode because we've not seen this movie. All these other movies we've seen at least twice to... 
Uh, so, like, there are higher scores because we've seen them. So this one might be different. Right, because we already have an opinion going into the That's podcast uh, episode before we even, you know, obviously we're rewatching these movies because we want to catch all the small things. We want to hit you guys with all the nuggets that we can possibly hit you with. Which we're still going to hit you with some nuggets in this movie. Oh, you best believe it. Um, but it is exciting because this is a movie that neither Nicholas nor I have seen. And a Hulu original with a 95%. Rotten Tomatoes score. Ah, my what? interest is peaked. Oh yeah, when I heard that, I was like, okay, we'll watch it. And I've heard people talking about. <laughs> okay. I've heard people talking about this movie, so I thought, you know, I've been wanting to see it. Talk about it on the podcast, I did not consider because we've only done movies once again that we already have this opinion on. Right. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch something that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Or, Hope, or so hopefully, watch. hopefully we like it because it's really gonna suck if we both yeah. hate it. Yeah, but uh, it's gonna suck. Yeah, yeah, and then we call in the podcast and be like, "So we're actually doing a different movie this week because." <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> no, I don't think that's gonna happen. We'll see though. You never know. Yeah, but I definitely, I, I think it'll kind of switch things up for us. I think it'll be a little fun, and um, the discussion's gonna be different because we. I don't know. We already we've known each other's opinions on all these other movies, right? You know, I'm gonna try not to talk to you about it until we meet up for the next episode, and yeah. All, and then we'll talk about it on here, so you get the like the score. The, I'm gonna definitely hide, so you're like, oh, what's oh, he yeah. thinking about this movie? Mm-hmm. We should be thinking about. It. We should be like, what does he think about? It? What, is that? what do I think about this movie? Absolutely. I think it's gonna be different. Absolutely, and I hope it'll be cool. And good, then, yeah. and then, honestly, you guys, you guys watch it in the meantime. So when you join us on this next sure. episode. Yeah. Uh, for Prey 2022, um, you know, you're right there with us. Go fire up your Hulu account. Yeah. And check it out, and we'll check it out together. Absolutely. And on episode five, we'll be talking about it right here on Cinema Bros. So tune in for the poll. Yep. Which will be about Prey. Go ahead and check into that, and uh, please vote. We appreciate it. What else you got? You got got anything else? No, just, you know, thank you guys so much for listening to us. We've had people reaching out to us on our Instagram. It is so cool uh, to get to interact with our fans uh, and hear from you guys. You know, if there's any any recommendations on movies, anything you guys, you know, uh, enjoy that we're doing, anything that you guys want us to do, please let us know. Um, I know I said this was our podcast, but, you know, we wouldn't be here without you guys. So, you know, we, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on our Instagram, at Cinema Bros Podcast. I'm sorry, at Cinema Bros Podcast. Want to make sure y'all get that. Yeah, we definitely appreciate all, all any and all feedback. So please do let us know. And I'm excited to go watch an, uh, a new movie and talk about it on the podcast. That's going to be different. Yeah. So, until then, y'all stay good. <laughs> And yeah. we'll catch you on the next episode. Yeah, and I love 1917, and I'm glad we could talk about it on the podcast because... Uh, Another great movie in the It's a books. great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, and it's great. Glad we could talk about it. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs> Cinema Bros out. <laughs> oh, gosh.